Hey you dorks, this is Gunnar Hansen, Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and you are listening to The Dorkening. Hi, I'm Brian Johnson, and although you probably accidentally stumbled across it and have no idea why you're watching it, you are in fact watching The Dorkening. Hello, this is Tom Kenny, voice actor. Uh, the voice of the Ice King on Adventure Time. And SpongeBob SquarePants. Bah, meow. Oh, Gary the Snail, too. Hey, guess what you're filling your eye holes and ear holes with? The Dorkening! Oh, I love the Dorkening. Very popular in Ooh. And Bikini Bottom. Hi, I'm Lou Ferrigno. You're watching The Dorkening. And you know what? You don't like me when I get angry, so don't get me angry. You better keep watching The Dorkening. Hey guys, this is Felissa Rose, and you're watching The Dorkening. Hey guys, it's Courtney Palm. We're shooting Death House, and you're watching The Dorkening. This is Anthony Michael Hall, and you're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. My friend's going to show you what entertainment's all about, baby. The Dorkening. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 27 of... I almost said Throwdown Thursday podcast. There you go. The loudest sports show. You know why? Because I restarted my computer and it didn't bring my, uh, my, my sheet back up. So when I went to go read off my sheet that I read off of every week, wasn't there. So uh, we are here, uh, episode 27 of the loudest sports show, brought to you by the Dorkening Network and sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee. I'm your host, Patrick Rahal. You can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. I'm here as always with my co host on the show, my co host in life. Uh, slash is the ice queen. Correct, that one, sir. Right? And uh, we are joined by a very special guest today, uh, Mr. Craig Allen. And uh, you have a very special group. And uh, we're going to scroll that across the bottom for uh, folks who are watching this on YouTube. Uh, Mr. Craig Allen is from Strong Willed Sports Memorabilia and more. Uh, Craig, thank you so much for joining us tonight. No, it's my pleasure, man. I'm glad you could have us on and uh, talk a little bit about, talk some sports, have some fun. And, uh, you know, at some point we'll get around to uh you know to what what we do yeah uh especially because uh you know you you had a busy night already tonight uh you know one of the uh big bigger uh well, i don't know about bigger because you guys do a lot but uh, one of the the nicer things you guys have done uh you know since i've been a member of the group for the last couple of weeks and you guys have done a lot of nice stuff so uh we'll we'll get to that but you were, you were a busy man tonight for sure for sure so uh, we are going to start off, as we always do, with our opening face-off question. And uh, this is something that I don't generally agree with anything Kyrie Irving says or does. But uh, he kind of raised an interesting point recently. Uh, he is of the opinion that the NBA should change its logo. And uh, for folks who are unfamiliar, the NBA logo, like that white silhouette on the red and blue background, uh, has been for many 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 years uh the silhouette of mr jerry west uh former laker and uh now he is uh or has been working in the front offices for uh, several teams over the years and so my my question the opening face-off question today is should the nba change its logo and if they do to whom should they change it so craig you are the guest i'm gonna i'm gonna let you take first crack at this oh i get to kick this off all right so first i'm gonna say Love Kobe, right? Love him. And I know that that's where uh, Kyrie is, is is kind of pushing. That's what I've been hearing a lot of push for Kobe. Mm -hmm. I mean, growing up, right? Who didn't? Kobe, right? You know, that's all we did. Um, but I'm a purist, okay? Uh, I'll, I guess I'll say it that way. And my thought on this, right? First of all, 
right? Let's. I'll go college for a second. Notre Dame uniforms, they should never be touched. They're beautiful, just the way they are. I love them, right? Uh, Michigan uniform should never change, mm-hmm. right? These certain things. And yeah, I know, maybe, you know, change can be good. But uh, first of all, I can't get behind Kyrie. And uh, I, I just, I like the logo, right? I mean, and maybe I did hear a good point. I can't take credit for this, but there might be some regions of the country where Kobe might not sit so well. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I'm for it. I love Kobe. You know, I think he went on to do many great things, but uh, I got to say, I, I, I'm with uh, staying with Jerry West on this one. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I'm with you on, uh, there are aspects of Kobe Bryant's off the court life that uh, I'm not a huge fan of, but uh, you know, that's, that's a topic for another day. Absolutely. Uh, Slashes. What about you? What do you think? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, seriously, that logo is iconic at this point. It's sleek, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It's very chic. But it's iconic. You see that logo and you know NBA. So what are they looking to do? Change the silhouette? Well, this is just Is that really going to change? You know what I mean? Like it's just a silhouette of a guy. I know it's of a specific guy. Yes. But still, like I mean, is it really going to change much if you change things? Why bother? Well, one could make the argument that, you know, I mean even Jerry West is known as the logo. People will refer to him as the logo as opposed to Jerry West because of his uh <laughs> his fame as that logo. Now, there are a couple of things that, you know, come to mind that uh, might be good templates to, uh, if you were to change this logo, Um, obviously the Air Jordan. Um, That that might be the only one I could potentially get behind because of how iconic he is. Yeah, I'm on board with that because honestly, even as a casual basketball fan, when I think of basketball, I think of Michael Jordan. That is the first name aside from Larry Bird that comes to my mind. And when you see that logo, you know who it is. I was saying the only reason why Larry Bird comes to mind is because my mom has a thing for him. She has a shrine (laughs) to Larry Bird in her house. We do have the Funko up top uh, above. I don't know. It's kind of hard to see. It's hard. We have. I, I could see them. We have Bird, Bergeron, Mookie Betts, Blades, and like Gritty, the greatest. Growing mascot up, of all time. my mother's free passes were Patrick Swayze <laughs> and Larry Bird. Uh, n- neither one had anything to do with the other. So, and it's funny, you know, we had all this Larry Bird stuff in the house. My dad was a huge Celtics fan, but we had the Larry Bird stuff because of my mom. Um, you know, and, and, and I can't say anything I because I'm that way say, with Bergeron. <laughs> I was about to say the apple just a different sport and a different guy. However, in my defense, Bergeron is a hell of a lot more handsome than Larry Bird. I'll give you that. But Bergeron uh, is not from a place called French Lick. So <laughs> out there. maybe she picked the right hall pass then, you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, I was going to say, as she's talking about this, there are more pictures of Patrice Bergeron in the house than there are of me. And I live here. 
then you saw it's because earlier, I don't pictures you of saw you. her tattoo. You lived I did. Uh, she came to visit me at work. Yeah. And Ryan. a uh and she brought me coffee. And then I got a text from somebody. They're like, hey, Bergeron signed in autographs in Milbury. And I looked at her. I'm like, just go. She went home, put makeup on, changed her clothes, and then went to the, the to the place, met Bergeron. We got a nice, you know, 20 by 24 photo of him hoisting the cup, autographed. Nice. And then she's like, can I get my arm signed? He's like, sure, but it'll cost another 50 bucks. She's like, that's fine. Signed her arm, and then she immediately left and got it tattooed. That's so smart. I mean, it's kind of awesome. <laughs> the, the certificate of authenticity that we have is not for the photo; it's for her arm. <laughs> that's what it says. You know, forearm signature. Like that's the best. Wait, hold on. Are you telling me you actually have a certificate? Yeah. Or you yeah. Can, I, like I, at first I thought you were like making a joke, but you're oh, telling me you no. actually have a certificate. No, oh, yeah. my, my the autograph on my arm is authenticated. That yeah. you know for for nothing else that could happen tonight, that that it, it, for being on this podcast, that just made this all worthwhile. That was amazing. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, that that's something don't the expect. show. No. <laughs> we will see you next week. Enough. All right. <laughs> Sign it off. So going back to the logo, <sighs> the only other one I could think of, and it's it's kind of cool because it's um it's kind of shows the uh the progression of the game a little bit. And that would be the Shaq Dunk Man logo. Like, that's not terrible, but like nobody really dunks anymore. Everybody hucks trees from like forty feet out. Well, if we could somehow incorporate, you know, like a little silhouette heaving up a, a a three from like center court, like that would be an appropriate logo. But yeah. I'm kind of with you. Uh, I don't think that one needs to be changed. I get, you know, where you know when Jerry West played, the league was predominantly white, and now it's not anymore. And, you know, it would be nice to actually represent the people who, you know, make up most of the league, yeah. you know. So I can understand where he's going with Kobe and especially where, you know, Kobe, uh, you know, passed away a year ago, a little over a year ago. Uh, we did our Kobe tribute show uh, back in January. So it's I get where he's coming from. Um but if the NBA is looking for controversy, that's, that's what they would place. do. But if they're trying to avoid any controversy, and this is, you know, Kobe Bryant, fantastic player, but like, you know, has been said already, not the best person off the, court. off the court. So, you know, do you really want someone like that on your logo representing your, you know, entire franchise? I think that if the logo had not been like this is Jerry West. If it was just like, here's our logo, like the MLB logo, which I like because it could be a left-handed batter or a right-handed batter. Doesn't matter. Uh, if it's just a generic, you know, silhouette, does it change? I, I don't think anyone brings up the fact that it needs to change. No, I, I, you're right. I think they're focused on who it is instead of the actual, you know, it's just, it's just there. You know, I, I love what, what was it? Sleek and chic. Yeah. You know, that, that that was the great adjectives. Like, that's what it is. Like, I see that, and you know right away. That's the NBA. And right. I get it. It's kind of a feel-good thing to put Kobe on there because we want to pay tribute. And, 
again, I, you know, I love Kobe. We all grew up throwing our trash across the floor, you know, or throwing our socks into the hamper and you yelled Kobe every time you did it, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I have respect for him, even though I, you know, as a Celtics fan, I have to do kind of hate the Lakers, but got to respect the man and the way he played. And, uh, but no, I, I just don't see a reason to change it. Like you're changing it just to change it for like, a, like one feel good moment. You know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, not to mention the costs that go into rebranding and everything. Like, you know, does the NBA really have that kind of money right yes. now to? Yes. Yeah. Yes, they do. Like, <laughs> yes, 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 they do. All of their owners are billionaires. They, if they wanted to, they could be like, yes, we'll pay. Mark Cuban himself could do it. Steve Ballmer himself could do it. Like Fair point. they 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 I mean it, they'd be okay. All right, so that's a that's a pretty good open that's a pretty good spot. Uh, did a good job, uh, with, I think, with the uh, the opening faceoff question. But obviously, we want to hear from you folks at home. So let us know what you think. You know, and there are no wrong opinions. If you think it should be changed, I can understand. You know, we happen to think that it should stay the same because I mean. You know, exactly what Craig said. You know, why change it for one feel-good moment, you know? Um, I, I mean, I totally unless you're going to change saying. it to Bill Murray and Space Jam, it's just not worth it. Yes. Yeah, make it make yes. it really funny. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> not a great reference. Solid reference. Yeah, I mean, that's what we do on this show. There's a lot of pop culture references in, in addition to the sports stuff. Good stuff. So we're going to take a quick break, uh, you know, about a minute. And uh, we'll be back after we hear a uh, zombie talk about coffee. And what we're going to do is we're going to get right into uh, the sports news of the week. So we will be right back. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. All right, so we are back. Uh, We're going to open this up with a little bit of uh, NHL talk. Uh, We're going to save the NFL and the Patriots stuff for last because, Craig, I know you're a big Patriots guy, and, uh, you know, I want to really concentrate on, on some of that. So we're going to start off with a a little bit of NHL. Uh, Slashes, you got some NHL news uh, from the past uh, week or so. Yeah, so on Sunday, Patrick Kane scored his 400th goal. Yeah, one of the highest scoring, uh, most prolific um, American-born hockey players uh, of all time. Currently with the Chicago Blackhawks. Always with the Chicago ben Blackhawks. In the yeah, been with them for 14 seasons at this point. Yeah, and like they've really had to lean on him this year because of the absence of uh, their captain Jonathan Tate. So congratulations to him. That's a pretty like good feat to have. Like not not many guys even get there in points. Yeah, 400 let alone goals, is... goals. So that's that's pretty rad. And uh, Sam. Gagner, Gagne, Gagne, probably, uh, is the ninth player in NHL history to go nine plus years between hat tricks. So, he is not a prolific scorer. 
Oh, wow. Here's some, uh, some fun facts. So Dit Clapper, that's a name for you. March 9th, 1984. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Great. Wait, who? What? Dit Clapper. He is uh, actually number five for the Bruins. He has his number retired in the Boston Garden. Wow. Okay. Learned Not something new today. With another different, similar sounding name, you know, like maybe what you might have heard was like, who? Tit Slapper? Like, what? Like <laughs> oh. He went. 11 years and 345 days between hat tricks from Just March 9th, 12 years. from March 9th, 1933 to February 17th, 1945. <laughs> Woody Dumart went 11 years, 69 days from December 25th, 1939 to March 4th, 1951. Guy Carboneau. Guy. Gee, oh, excuse me, it's Gee, yes. Gee I would have messed that up, too. Oh, sorry, I'm horrible with accents. Uh, he went 10 years, 355 days, from January 6, 1983, until December 27th, 1993. <laughs> Justin Williams went 9 years, 93 days, from October 16th, 2006 to January 17th, 2016. And you know what's nuts about him is in between that time, he was named Con Smythe winner for the Kings. This is true. Hmm. Johnny Busick, nine years, 62 days. Oh, that's his number. He had to go nine years. From March 14th, <laughs> 1961 to May 3rd, 1970. <laughs> And they won the cup that year. Oh, uh, they did. Oh. Saku Koivu. Ooh, Miku's dad or grandfather. <laughs> or, or, you know, who knows? Dad or older brother. Uh, he went nine years, 53 days from November 18th, 2002 to January 10th, 2012. Got to be his brother because Miku just retired. Yeah. So it's probably not his dad if they're the probably same be age. his brother. <laughs> Boy Devereaux. Went nine years, 25 days. So from March 17th, 2000 to April 11th, 2009. And then Sam Gagne went February 2nd, 2012 to February 25th, 2021, making it nine years, 23 days. And last but not least is Dick Duff. He went nine years, 16 days from February 3rd, 1957 to February 19th, 1966. It's another solid name too, by the way. Yeah. 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 That's a good, good bookend on each side. You know, yeah. names. these old hockey and, names and, and from, from Dick Clapper to Dick Duff. <laughs> Just remember everyone in between <laughs> in the pronunciation. There was a guy, his name is Guy Forget. But if you were just reading it, it's Guy Forgets. <laughs> <laughs> like if you, if you fair enough to into it. Um, but uh, yeah, speaking of a couple of guys on the uh, Bruins all time list here, uh, Bruins have been playing really well. They they took a couple of really harsh back to back mm. losses out toward thirteen to four back to back games, <sighs> losing to the Islanders, who they have not beaten. Like they just they can't beat the Islanders, and they struggle mightily against uh, 
the Devils. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, I think it was, where they were. It's it's maddening. They were 10-0-1 against everyone that was not the Islanders or the Devils. And they were one, I think it was like 1-3-1 and one against everyone, against those two teams. And now wow. it's even worse because they've lost a couple more to the Islanders. <laughs> they cannot beat New York. I don't know what it is. Oh, brutal. And for whatever reason, they always start Halak. They never start Tuca. Yeah, that's what frustrates me the most. Man, we're having you a know, tough time with this. Send in the backup. <laughs> we can blame it on the backup later. Let's just put him in, and we'll say that's why we lost. I'm giving up five. You're going to let me out? No. <laughs> Not till you give up seven. Like, And then still you're staying. Just... Come on it, coach. Yeah. <laughs> some teams just get into certain guys' heads. And I'm wondering if this is the case for Halak, seeing as he's been in net every single time they've played these teams and he's lost every single time he's played well, he's, these teams. Uh, against against um against the, the Islanders, he I, like he's been the only one. I don't think Tuco's started against the Islanders yet. You know, so it's it's really frustrating. I really hope that they put Tuca in net next time they play just to see if they do a little bit better. Yeah, the Islanders are a team that match up really well with uh, with the uh, with the Bruins. I will say, though, I am really, really, really enjoying the reigniting of the New York Rangers Bruins rivalry. This has been uh, a really fun matchup to watch. Craig, have you watched much yes. of uh, much of the Bruins this year? I like, haven't caught a whole lot, but I did watch. So I um, I caught some of the uh, the outdoor game, and oh. then um, I watched. I actually was watching the last game, and um, you know I, I had a friend who said this, so I can't take credit for it, uh, but I totally agreed with him. That's just the way every NHL game should just end, right? Just throw down the gloves. And let's just start just start banging on each other. Like let's just go. Like we we have been singing the praises of like for the past, you know, month, month and a half, however long the season's been going, we have just been singing Trent the praises. Frederick. Trent Frederick. Oh. Love Trent Frederick so much. Like that guy is just just uh He's everywhere. He will do anything. He's 22. He flies he around. He's not afraid. Like, he doesn't care who you are. He's not afraid of you. He's not afraid to throw down. Well, look, the, he's not afraid to make these ridiculous shots. He's not afraid to, you know, put himself in, in harm's way to, you know, He'll try to. Shots. Right. Like, it, he's just he's just not afraid. He's a gutsy 21-year-old. And it's just really exciting to see. He's playing some great hockey. He has a real, as of right now, has a really promising career ahead of him. And I hope the Bruins hold on to him. I'd love to see, you know, he's, he's obviously uh, performing well with his teammates. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping the Bruins decide to hold on to him. Oh yeah. He's not going and, anywhere. You know, see, see well, how much he flourishes. He was drafted. It was, uh, I believe it was him DeBrusque, and uh, McAvoy were all, were all uh, drafted. No, that wasn't him. It wasn't Frederick. It was uh Zaboral, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he, the kid's twenty two, um, and he's just he does everything you. He's you could just ask. he's young and he's he eager. He fought Tom Wilson, who's one of the dirtiest players yeah. in the entire league. That's what I'm saying. Like and he's that just guy he's is no not joke. afraid. He does not care who you are. 
you got to have guys like that with that confidence, just willing to do anything, mm-hmm. willing to throw down, willing to, you know, just they take the hits for the team. Yeah. Like, they put him on the power he's play. Chirpy, they put him on- he's scrappy. I just, I, I, I'm, I love him. Like I'm really loving watching him this season. So speaking of, uh, of that, you know, they just threw up a graphic cause the game's on right now and they showed Sedano Chara playing for uh, Washington, even no. though he is, 43 kind of (sighs) sidestep on that uh this is so this is not the first time the bruins have played chara in a capitals uniform but this is the first time that they've played each other on in in boston on home ice and they just scored marchand to pasternak i mean buried it like perfect uh, perfect let's go hey it's Perfection. No, I would perfect. No, I wouldn't. My perfection line. Pass the puck over to David. That's- <laughs> I hate that. My perfection line. But yeah, the uh they were they had like a nice little like you know, tapping their their sticks against the board. I'm not gonna no lie. Straight. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, it definitely would have been, I think, more emotional, more electric if a crowd had been there. There would have been a five minute. I would have fucking loved to have Mm -hmm. been at that game. I was gonna say the same thing about him coming back tonight. Like I really wish there was fans there. Yeah, yeah, you know, like give it a couple weeks and there will be. Yeah, but still, like it they're not gonna do this again, you know. Like I mean they 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 might, they might, but it's not gonna have the same, you know, like this is his first. Yeah time back on Bruins ice like you know he skated here for 15 seasons yeah you know I found out tonight he actually gets to see his family tonight like they stayed here like he left they stayed wow like they're still living in the area somewhere so he's actually gonna get to see his uh his wife and kids tonight oh that's nice well it's it's funny because they had um you know they they put up a um a graphic, because part of the reason, what? Well, I was going to say, that leads me to believe this may be his final season playing I hockey. So. I think so. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bruins, you know, uh, contract him for a day or so. So he retires. So as he a can team. retire a Bruin. Go into the Hall of Fame as a Bruin. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to I see that. I wanted him to retire this year. I, I mean, e- e- yes, but I mean, clearly he feels like he has something he needs to prove. I don't know what. So, I, I mean, what else? I, Captain to Stanley Cup winning team. One I don't of know. Norris. I mean, maybe he's maybe he's chasing a cup. I don't know. But I mean, like, if you're chasing a cup, why wouldn't you stay on the Bruins? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, don't, well, I don't think it was his choice either, was it? I think they no. kind of decided to go younger. A front office job. But if yeah. you stay with us, you're going to be like a seventh defenseman. Well, they put the uh, they put the uh, the stats up. The oldest defenseman that the Bruins have is 29, and most of them are 23, 24. Oh, my God. They went from Chara. Chara is 43, <laughs> and McAvoy is 24. Now, McAvoy is like his production. Uh, they put up a stat the other night. He is averaging 0.72 points per game, which is a career high, and that has only gone higher and higher as he has played and like the fewer minutes Chara has played and the more that they've relied on McAvoy, the better his point production. Like I've seen him in a few games this year where he just comes down and he activates on, on defense. He comes in, he's part of the offensive rush, which is something he couldn't do with Chara because Chara is, you know, as great a player. And we've had this discussion on this show. He has lost a step 
That happens at 43. Your body does not react the same way at 33 and at 23. You know, his only advantage was the fact that he's seven and a half feet tall with a 22 foot wingspan and, you know, the, the nine foot stick that he had. So he could, you know, the dude can dunk from the foul line. Zadana Charles as tall as a (laughs) Zakem. Yeah. Like it's. Ooh, Ovechkin, yo, Trent Frederick getting involved with Ovechkin. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Well, care who you he, are. He does, well, hey, that that goes back to the, the point. He he has that confidence. He doesn't care. Well, he's going to go into the boards against anybody. He's going to go. He, he's not going to back down. He doesn't care. I, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. I'm going to start watching this kid more. But I, he, uh, he just, uh, you know, was a borderline dirty hit. But slammed Ovechkin into the boards, and Ovechkin got up to him, and he grabbed Ovechkin, dropped his gloves, like what? What do you want to do? And Ovechkin just stood there, like son, son, <laughs> because remember last year the guy challenged Ovechkin, and Ovechkin KO'd him, and the dude missed like six weeks because Ovechkin like just knocked him the fuck out. That's because he's Russian. Well, they were both Russian. I was gonna, yeah, they were Russian trying and to get gold. He's not goals. Stalin. <laughs> right into that. Frederick reminds me a little bit of a young Marchand. The the scrappiness, yes, yes, yeah. like attitude. Not not the uh, offensive skill. Not the no, uh, no. He's also the, a lot bigger. But the but the attitude. Yeah, the scrappiness. Like he's got that. He's got a little bit of a chip to him. Like you know, he's more. He's like a more skilled. He's he's somewhere between. Uh, Thornton and Lucic when it mm. comes to his attitude and like the way he's willing to hit and throw his body around. Dude, Frederick Fight Club. <laughs> oh, no, she just got knocked out by Wagner. Oh, big hit. So let's, uh, do we have anything else with, uh, um, I, I will, I will quickly run down. Uh, oh, shit, we do. What were we talking about on the way home? Craig, I don't know if you heard about this, but, uh, there was an article by Fluto Shinzawa that, uh, there are, a handful of teams that are interested in Jake DeBrusque. And uh, I don't know. What, what are your feelings on that? Again, I know you haven't watched a ton of hockey this year, but you know, you're a new England guy. I'm sure you've, you've heard stuff. So uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on moving Jake DeBrusque? You know, I haven't heard that trade rumor and I've got to say that there's something about this team that I like and the makeup of it. Right. I mean, just kind of the, the current construction of it. Uh, I don't think I'd be, get on board with that one. I mean, I don't know what they're talking in return or, you know, what they're, what the thought is here, but I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I like that one. I See, could be wrong though. Well, here's where I'd like, I totally get what you're saying. Like there's something to be said for chemistry. Yeah. You know, we've seen it in this town over and over again, where teams that have no business playing for or winning championships I was just going to say the 2011 team. There was something magical. Well, they, were, they were. They had some skill. I'm talking like the Celtics, led by Isaiah Thomas, taking the Cavaliers to seven. Like yeah. that shouldn't have happened. You know, the 2001 Patriots should not have beaten that Rams team. You know, yeah. just there was a there was a talent discrepancy on that team. I'm sure <laughs> you will agree with me, Craig. Talent discrepancy, yes. Okay, I'll give you that. But um, that's what that's what I'm talking about. Like these under- talking about up here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I these underdog teams. Like 
you know, some of these Red Sox teams that, you know, shouldn't have played as well as they did. Like Mike Lowell was not supposed to be a World Series MVP. He was a throw in. The idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Cowboy up. Like, <laughs> so I get what you're saying there with that with that. um that analogy, you know, talking about the uh, the chemistry. However, right now, uh, Debrusque is a left wing. Like they've been playing him on the right side, but Debrusque is a left wing. And right now, like your left wing's Marshan, and he's not going to play over Marshan. Uh, Trent Frederick, no. Um, who are the other ones we talked about? Anders Bjork, even uh, since Bruce Cassidy called him out. He has been playing some of the best hockey of his career. He's scoring. He's making plays. He's getting up and down the ice. Uh, he's generally just, you know, a pain in the ass for whatever the opposing team is. And um, who's the last one? The other left wing. Bjork, Frederick, Marshand. And now I can't think of who the last one is. I don't know. But I... I He's two years. So is it that the Bruins are interested in moving him or people are interested in making offers? Okay. And I think he's his game, his offensive game has suffered greatly. He doesn't have a five on five goal. He and that's the Bruins' biggest weakness. And they also just gave up a goal. Uh yeah. that's their biggest weakness is five on five goals because when you have a top line like they do, you know, certain teams, you know, Colorado, Edmonton, Pittsburgh, you know, uh the Capitals, the Bruins, when you have like these elite offensive players, you know, your power play is going to be good, but it's the five on five. Like, you know, when your top line is shut down, where are you getting your offense from? And DeBrusque is a guy who a couple of years ago scored 27 goals. Where is that now? Like he hasn't come close to matching that. I think it might be good if he goes to, you know, another spot, a change of scenery, move him, get another left shot defenseman, you know, you know, a top four doesn't have to necessarily be top two, but a top four defenseman, especially with the injuries. Like I'd rather see like, you know, Jacob Truba or Matt Dumba than, you know, Uro Vakaninen. Yeah. I mean, I heard the listening to, uh, you know, some of the uh, local sports talk that they were very shorthanded in the defense area. So, I mean, if they could make something happen there and see, this is the insight that I definitely don't have into hockey. Um, but when you start wording it like that and I, I'm sitting here going, okay, that was a very uneducated uh, answer to that question uh, on my end. But you, I mean, you nailed it. Like I would definitely like when you put it that way, uh, I mean, if you get the right piece in return, especially with them being shorthanded, and I have heard all the five on five, they have not really been strong in that aspect. There's been a lot of talk of that. Um, so if, if we could bring somebody in that helps improve that and kind of strengthens, you know, or somebody to strengthen that defense or add depth to that defense, um, you know, yeah, I mean, that's that's something you could definitely get behind. Yeah, I mean, I would move him. I would move Andre Kasha. Uh, you know, if you can – move to Brosk for maybe a guy who's got a year or two left on his contract who maybe might be making a little too much money, but is a higher end offensive talent. Like they've been looking for a right wing for David Krejci since, you know, Nathan Horton was here, you know, like it's been like, they've tried it, you know, Iginla, Yager, you know, like so Bacchus, they've tried so many and it's, it just hasn't worked out. Who's the other one? Matt Bolesky. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Uh, and, you know, again, you know, you're basing your opinion based on what you have seen. Like you like you even said, like you haven't been 
watching every game religiously. So, yeah, yeah, but I I see both sides. You know, as a fan, there's definitely some team chemistry happening with this current team. They're doing really well, and there's some really likable guys on this team, and Jake Dabrowski is one of them. You just like him. You you find yourself rooting for him. He's in that. You know, if you watch yeah. some of the, the 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 hockey, some of the commercials where they show like these guys' first goals. His first goal is there because yes. his dad was in the stands wiping tears from his eyes because he scored on this gorgeous play mm -hmm. like it was just his first goal like, like if you oh. could if you could script an nhl like first time goal that would be his goal it was just perfect and and his dad's there and the rest of his family the is there and, I can't, can you imagine that feeling like i'm trying to put myself like like i mean obviously scoring a goal would be great but picture like i mean i don't know, see i love my kid like i'm a huge like um, i'm a dad first right i'm just picturing that feeling of like sitting in the stands watching your kids score a goal you know what I mean? Like, like you talking about like his dad wiping tears. I'm sitting there going, "Oh my god!" Like that's got to be like what an amazing feeling that's got to be. I don't oh know. yeah, you yeah. Know? And his dad was a pro. Like, mm -hmm. oh, like so. Even that is just like, oh man. Like it's just, yeah. It's a it's a great feeling. But at the same time, you know, thinking about the future of the team. So, yes, this team is great right now, but it could be better. And thinking about the future of the team, there are certain guys where I, I, I look at them and I say, you know, that's a career Bruin. He is going to be a Bruin for a long time. You know, they need to keep him. He's valuable. I don't necessarily think that about Jake DeBrusque. No, and, and he's, I, I he's think, a young you know, guy who could be part of the future. I mean, he could, and, and I mean, and, and this is when, you know, do you trade him or do you not? Like, you know, it, it's always a gamble. Sometimes you trade a guy and they flourish. Well, that's, a, you know. And they play so well, and it's just like, oh, God damn it. But what did you Blake get Blake Wheeler, you know. Oh, Blake Wheeler. <laughs> God damn it. Like, you know. But you these... got Peverly and Kelly, and you got a championship out of that. Right. But, you know, it, it's, it's so, so there's always that gamble that you take when you trade someone. And, you know, again, it. Ooh. If 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 he's hot right now on the he's trade not. market, no, I'm gonna say if he's hot right now on the trade market <laughs> and people want I don't need your opinion. No, I mean like he's he's not a hot commodity. I'm not I wasn't commenting on his looks. Oh, I was <laughs> no, I, I, I thought that's where you were going with that. No, no, no. He's, just, he's not a <laughs> he's, hot commodity he's right not now. My he's not. He's no, no he's not. Oh, I just saw a thing they you know, they just threw a uh, a graphic up. Uh, Ovechkin needs four goals to tie Esposito for like seventh all time. Oh wow! Do you think I hope he doesn't get him? <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to catch Gretzky. Like that's I'm no, sorry. no one's, I'm sorry. I don't think anyone's going to catch Gretzky. We did a uh, a thing, you know, a little bit of a sidetrack. One of our earlier shows. Who is the goat of goats? And I, I had to say Gretzky because I was like, well, if you discount. His nine MVPs in ten years. If you discount the fact that, uh, say you uh, you take away some of his records, like he has three more seasons of two hundred or more points than every player ever combined, because no one else has ever done it. Ninety goals in a season, two hundred plus assists in a season. Um. 
The fact that if you took all of his goals away, he'd still be the NHL's all-time leading scorer. And he's the only guy, I mean, obviously Jackie Robinson, but for a different reason, the only guy to have his number retired across an entire sport. And, you know, we talked about nicknames earlier and like Jerry West is a logo. Mm -hmm. He's just the great one. Like, and that's, you know, does he have as many championships as other players? No. You know, he doesn't have the seven rings. He doesn't have the six rings. He has three. But like, this was also during a time where, you know, you wouldn't have a, a line like Marshan Bergeron and Pasternak. You would have two offensive players and an unskilled goon who is there solely to make sure that the other team's goon didn't destroy your best offensive player because that is how the game was played. Can we go back? <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry. I, there's just something about the goons that I love, man. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yep. I mean, I, I, as growing up locally and listening to old LB on the radio for years, dude, like that guy was a goon and a half. You know what I mean? And like, I just love that attitude. Like, I love those guys. Like, yep. Okay. Here they come. Like, you know, what's about to happen. Yeah. That's why I loved Lucic because he was kind of that hybrid where he has, you know, some offensive skill, but he's just going to run you over. Like that's. I I would love to have prepared myself for, you know, a goat of goats uh, debate to fire back at you. But I mean, you're bringing some points. I mean, that are, probably solid that right off the top of my head, I'm having a hard time combating. So, I mean, if you, you you could, you know, there's again, it's all subjective. You know, you want to say Grady, uh, Grady, Brady's the greatest of all time. (laughs) Uh, There, that's fine. I mean, I mean, it's it's difficult to say, you know, the greatest of all time across all sports. They don't play the same. Exactly. Like, like did you see sport, the, you know, there it's it's so different. And... Did you see the tweets that just came out from Brady and LeBron? LeBron saying he's going to play until he can't throw touchdowns anymore and Brady saying he's going to play until he can't dunk anymore. <laughs> like they We'll get into Brady cuz I want to talk about the James Corden interview last night. Oh god. Oh, I saw was, a small yeah. snippet. Yeah, that was some good stuff. Giselle is pissed. <laughs> so before let's let's wrap up the hockey stuff because I want to I want to just do this real quick. Uh, yeah. Tampa Bay has reclaimed uh, first place in the Central. They have thirty one points with two fewer games in Carolina. They are tied with Carolina. Florida's got thirty. Chicago's got twenty eight. Columbus with twenty three. Nashville with twenty. You know, again, it's those those few teams there. Uh, also, I just saw this. I didn't. I didn't notice this, but uh, Charlie Coyle is not playing tonight because he is on the COVID nineteen protocol. Oh, okay. I just, I just saw this. Um, so the Capitals I actually knew that. I, I see. I knew that. That's oh, the Bruins okay. news that I knew. I didn't. I, I knew I should have put it in my notes. <laughs> um, next time you're on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll be more prepared. Yeah, I mean, again, most of this is just kind of off the cuff. Like, you'll notice that most of the stuff we're talking about, as for hockey, was not in the outline. The outline just said, Bruins bounced back after two bad losses. And that was the extent of the NHL notes. And we wound up talking about how hot or not hot Jake DeBrusque was. Right. (laughs) Right, The super hunks. Um, So 
East Division, Bruins <laughs> to third. Islanders and Capitals tied for second. Uh, but the Bruins have played three fewer games than the Islanders and two fewer games than the Washington Capitals. However, should the Bruins hang on and win this game, or because it's 1-1 right now, should the Bruins win this game, they will then be tied for the lead, for the Central Division lead with three teams at 28, then the Flyers and Penguins tied at 25, Flyers playing two fewer games, the Rangers at 19, and then the Devils and the Sabres you don't really have to worry about. Uh, in the North Division, Toronto still running away with mm-hmm. that. Uh, granted, they've played 23 games, uh, which is more than... Actually, no, it's right around the middle. Uh, the, the Canadians, who just fired their their goalie coach after firing their coach and assistant coach two weeks ago, um, are at 25 points. But above them is Edmonton, who has maybe the the top two I mean, MVP candidates outside Edmonton of Toronto. Has re- I mean, they're playing so well. And their standings don't necessarily reflect that. Well, I mean, they're seven. But they've been seven, playing three some great hockey. Uh, but they were, you know, down you further in the standings. Yeah, you know, a few weeks ago. Climbing, so they've been steadily climbing. But they're but, not going to catch Toronto. I mean, Toronto is just playing Toronto out of their with 36 fucking points. They have 17 wins, which is more than any other team. Uh, two, two more than any other team, minimum. Um, they've only got four losses and two overtime losses. Like, their goal differential, again, um, other than Tampa Bay, who went on a streak recently, Tampa Bay is a plus 32. Uh, Toronto's plus 26. And again, they have two guys who could be in the MVP conversation. Uh, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Although I will say, um, I don't like Marner's mustache. It looks like he's about 14. He's like, oh, look, I can grow a mustache. <laughs> um, it's not good. Uh, Calgary's 22, so it goes Toronto, Winnipeg with 29, 36 for Toronto, 29 for Winnipeg, 28 Edmonton, 25 Montreal, 22 Calgary, 20 for Vancouver, and 17 for Ottawa. So the top three spots are pretty much going to be Toronto, Winnipeg, and uh, Edmonton. But those bottom three, Montreal, Calgary, and Vancouver, you know, because you're playing each other all these, you know, they're playing each other eight times because that's a seven team division. There's it's the only sport where that's um, uneven divisions because there's 31 teams. Cause we're waiting for team number 32, the Seattle Kraken. And uh, fun fact, there was only one team, one league in the four American sport, major American sports that does not have a team in Seattle. And it's a team and it's a league that had Seattle represent them in multiple championships, and that would be the NBA. They moved their Seattle team to uh, Oklahoma City. But everybody else has a Seattle team, or technically the the NHL will next year, but they've got logos, and they've got a facility, and they've got general manager. Uh, so so that, that is the 32nd team, Seattle, the yep. Seattle Kraken. Nice. Seattle Kraken. We got a real nice, uh, real nice logo, real nice colors. Uh, I like them. I'm about to check it out. I actually learned something new tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very cool. Uh, the West Division. We've been talking about this one. This one has been like really, really tight. Uh, it's even tighter than the, the North Division is. So you got Vegas with 27, the Blues with 26, the Wild with 25, Avalanche 23, Kings 22, Coyotes 21, Sharks and Ducks with 18 and 17 respectively. So 
again, you know, the, the ducks, I mean, I know that they're a negative 28 goal differential and they've lost seven straight, but they've lost seven straight and they're only 10 points out of first place. Like that's crazy. And again, you're all going to, you're going to be playing all of your, all of these same teams, all the teams that are ahead of you. Like that's all you're going to be playing. So uh, Craig, do you have any more uh, stuff you want to talk about with the NHL? Do you want to move on to major league baseball? I, I think I'm good on, on uh, any. Oh, actually, no. I'll, I'll say one more thing. Since we're talking about looks, the Bruins need to keep rocking those awesome '80s jackets and glasses that they had yeah. at the outdoor game. You know, the whole Macho Man look. Let's keep it going. I like it. Listen to some more Barbie Girl. Bergeron <laughs> serving '90s dad bod pack realness. I'm so here for it. Yeah. So shirt <laughs> tucked into my browsers and uh, <laughs> didn't have a chance. My fanny pack and uh, my Walkman. I'm listening to some. Uh, that's my that's my Bergeron impression. I know he doesn't sound like that, but. You, you nailed it. You nailed it. I was. I, I thought. I, I actually, if the if if I wasn't looking at a you know a screen and seeing you, you know, I actually would have thought I was talking to Bergeron. So, I have to uh, run back to the bus. I forgot my hockey shoes, and uh, I will not be able to play if I do not have my hockey shoes. You have anything you want to ask for anything? Please hockey? stop. All right. So please stop. Is uh, so. Let's move on to baseball. Um, the Red Sox, after suffering a couple of uh, crushing uh, spring training games, came back. Like I saw the score earlier today, it was like fourteen to three in the seventh inning at one point. So they've played a couple of good games, but I put zero stock in. I mean, spring the training is it is what it is. It's like, training. Like, it's like oh, it, there's a Chris Sale is pitching for the the BU, you know, JV team today. Oh, they lost twenty two to four to the Twins. Like. I went to a game in 2006 because I was down visiting my grandparents and uh, some of the, because they lived in like a big like retirement community and there were folks there that were Red Sox fans and folks there that were Yankees fans, but the Marlins played both of them. So we, uh, they were like, oh, we have an extra ticket. Would you like to go see the Red Sox play the Marlins? Like, hell yeah, I've never been there. And it was like, the Marlins had their starting infield, including Hanley Ramirez playing. And like the Red Sox, I was like, I think I saw that guy at the car wash two days ago. Like, <laughs> why is he pitching for the Red Sox? Yeah, you can't put any stock in the scores down there. Like, it, yeah. you, you really can't. Like, you, it's one of those things where, I mean, it's even like preseason football. You know what I mean? You've got to watch individual performances against, like, you got to know it's a one going against a one, you know, or you got to kind of pay attention to, you know, each individual person and what, how their performance is. Like, if you put stock in the scores, you just, you don't lose your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so you take the split squad games, right? And it's a double header. So you take them and you average them, and that's how good they're going to be. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, again, we probably should have talked a little more uh, prior to doing this show because uh, I don't know how big into baseball you are. I know you're a huge football guy. I'm, I'm a little more baseball than, uh, you know, than than, uh, maybe than hockey. Yeah. But yeah. Um, honestly, th these teams have been hard to follow lately. I've, I've been a big Red Sox guy for a while, but it's been hard to get behind, um, you know, these teams lately. It just doesn't seem to have that, I don't know. 
you know, like that dirt dog attitude that we used to have back in the day. And it's just not there, you know, and I, I have a hard time getting behind, you know, you know, David Price was here. What was this dumb hurt? Cause he played too much Fortnite or something. I'm like, this is what we're getting. This, this is what we're bringing in. Like, come on. My, my dog Astro bit me and now I can't play any of the baseball game. I got a hangnail, so I can't pitch for like eight weeks. Listen, I'd rather lose with the guys who are, you know, eating fried chicken and having pitchers of beer in the locker room. You know what I mean? Like, and then the guy that can't pitch because, you know, his thumb hurts from uh, too much Fortnite. You know, I'm good. I got an owie look. <laughs> oh, God. Coach, coach, I can't take the mound. This kid 360 no scoped me. My confidence is hurt. He, he said terrible things about my mother. <laughs> and I said, don't you say those things. She's a nice lady. Ooh, Frederick. Oh! Oh. oh, no. Frederick's been, uh, you know, uh, kind of nudging and cross checking. Uh, and uh, Ovechkin, Ovechkin yeah. kind of tired of his shit, so he just uh, <laughs> stick dicked him. Oh, okay. <laughs> just kind of just stood there and just lift the stick up real quick. And I was like, why is Frederick face down on the ice? Like, oh, uh, that's why. That's it. Cross checked Ovechkin twice, and Ovechkin wasn't having it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, so. You know, being a, a casual fan, you know, and I, I've, I haven't followed as much of the Red Sox uh, the last couple of years as I would like, because I've it, baseball's tough to watch every single yeah. day. Yes, um, for sure. But where do you, you know, watching, uh, watching all these other teams around them make moves and get better and and enhance their their team and. Uh, and the Red Sox are like, oh, well, we can't possibly pay these guys. You know, I'm just, you know, a multi-billionaire. What do you want me to do? Give everybody money? Um, yes. I am uh, I am not very optimistic about their chances this year. Uh, what do you think? Um, I'm with you on that one. I mean, uh, uh, I'm looking at the at the lineup and like, yeah, okay. Like when when sale is sale, like he's great. I don't have that confidence, you know what I mean? And I'm looking down the lineup, and I'm telling you, if if I have to listen to them talk anymore about how great of shape Christian Vasquez is in anymore, <laughs> like, it really, like, is that what we're going to put our season on? Like, how good a shape Christian Vasquez is in? Like, that that's what we have to talk about right now? Well, as you know, I mean, the catcher is the most important position in all of baseball. And, you know, <laughs> having a good catcher can make or break your season. That's it. You know what? Actually, you know what? You convinced me. You know, now that I know that he's in good shape, uh, they're they're going to win the World Series this year now because he's in good physical shape, best shape of his life, actually. If I'm quoting Cora, yeah, they just replayed. <laughs> they showed the two guys in the in the penalty box, and they just replayed Frederick getting cup checked. So <laughs> he did what he meant to do. There's five minutes left, and they're four on four for two minutes, and Washington doesn't have Ovechkin. Beautiful. So like, he mean, did what he was trying to, but it's a two on one now. Oh, good defense. Mission accomplished. But, but yeah, for me, baseball, um, you know, as far as the Red Sox go, it really all depends on who's on the team, you know, like so basically you're basing it on who's on first. <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> um, oh, flat. No, I mean, it, it, there are some teams, you know, there are some people, 
that they've had, you know, some players who have just been so electric and so fun to watch, you know, Andrew Benintendi and, you know, and, Betts. and David Ortiz. Oh God. How can you not love that guy? I love Ortiz. Oh. Most clutch athlete in ever. You know, like I know, I know, I know, I know. But like, but like, I see what you're saying. So like, it's hard for me to really go back at that because you've got to look at what is what he's done. The dude has the clutch gene, and that like, you can't argue against that. You know, or this. This might be a controversial statement, especially yeah. to a Patriots fan, but Ortiz never had to rely on the kicker to win the game. Just throwing it out there. Just saying. That is why I pick Ortiz. Okay. However, Brady does still right. have more rings. True. I mean, I guess my, my response to that would be like, who gets the kicker in range to make that kick? No, I, I get you. You know what I mean? Like, but it's all subjective. I, remember, you know, I, I was unemployed in 2013. We had been married a little over a month. And it was the ALCS against uh, the Tigers. And the Sox are down. It was either three nothing or four nothing. And Ortiz is up with the bases loaded, and he just deposited the ball into the bleacher, into the uh, bullpen. And uh, Tory Hunter was trying to get there and just could not, and flipped into the into the stands. And instead of trying to help him, the bullpen cop was like, "Yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> Granted, we all were. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Tory, you all right? That bone always stick out of your face. <laughs> I love how that dude became so iconic. The cop that just got super excited through his hand, like became an icon in Boston for like the longest time. I actually found, I saw like this like framed, like a uh, Boston sports piece. That's and awesome. it, was, it was something like beers or something, you know, like a play on cheers. And of course, actually it had the guys eating the beer and chicken and there was a couple of Bruins fighting in the background and, there, there was the cop like in the back of the bar doing this. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, uh, getting back to, you know, watching the side. Like, I like Devers. I like. Um, oh, he's in good shape too, by the way, in case you didn't know. Devers and um, Bogart. Uh, I love Bogart. I have a, a Bogart's jersey uh, that my brother got me for my birthday a couple of years ago that I still wear all the time. Um, although today I am repping. Probably the greatest sport of all time. That would be Calvin Ball. Yeah. Or a uh, Calvin and Hobbes fan. Uh, okay, sorry. Yeah, that one went over my head. Sorry. But I, I think maybe... Uh, oh, whoopsie. I think I'm repping the best sport. Well. <laughs> Speaking of the great one, actually. The great yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be tough to watch this team. Like, baseball is hard to watch when your team is winning. Yep. Um, I think they need to make some some changes. And, you know, we discussed this a few weeks ago on the show. They're like, mm, all of the uh, all of the guys who uh, who get to make these decisions, the Baseball Writers Association of America, you know, not letting anybody into the Hall of Fame. It's like kind of reminds me of the Simpsons episode where Mr. Burns is trying to put together his his uh, softball team to beat the rival nuclear plant. And he's got like all these guys like Honus Wagner and Mordecai three finger Brown. And oh my like, God, I remember that. Like, yeah. Uh, your right field has been dead for 130 years. Like 
He's like, fine, find me some good players, living players, scour the American League, the National League, the Negro League. And it's like, oh, that didn't age. But it's like, it's like, that's, you're the guy who's supposed to be like putting, oh, Frederick and Wilson going at it again. Uh, you're the guy who's putting together this team. So I have a question. Yes. Uh, JBJ, is I'm, he or isn't he? No, no. And I don't want him. I don't want Jackie Bradley Jr. back. Like this guy, you want to talk about like somebody who's gotten hot a few times at the right time. Yes. Like, yes. 2018 ALCS MVP. Yeah. He had a couple of awesome plays came through in the clutch a couple times, especially with that three run shot that he had. Um, but I am not, I am not overly fond of him. Like this guy will go six months hitting, you know, one twenty-five, and then for a week and a half, you know, he'll hit eight hundred. And I was like, see, see, JBJ. It's like, yeah, but they're not winning. Like he's, don't get me wrong, one of the best defensive players in all of Major League Baseball. I love watching him play center field. Oh, like, he, oh he tracks the ball great. When it, you know, with him, Ben and Betts in the outfield, I love that outfield. That was such like wherever you hit it, like somebody was going to get it. Mm-hmm. Like that, you weren't going anywhere. Um, but <sighs> I don't want him back. Like let him go. Like they tried trading him. Nobody wanted him. Like, and this is but a he's guy a, who's he's gonna... a free agent, correct? Yes. Yeah. So they could just say. No. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I'm worried because they're going to look at the 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 analytics nerds are going to look at that like, well, he had a very high VORP, so uh, we should bring him back. You know, this is, and I want to touch on this. You know, when it comes to the uh, analytics nerds, this was a, a an NBA game happened the other night, and I I think it was the uh, the Jazz. No, I always do this. It was the Nuggets because I for some reason I always conflate. Um, Jamal Murray and um, who's the kid for Utah, the the point guard, young kid. I can't think of his name now, but like they had like some great duels in the playoffs last year when the when Utah played uh, Denver. Like they were going back. Jamal Murray and um, I can't think of it. Like and he's a star too. I can't think of his name. Um, the Jazz got a a stop, defensive stop. There's like four seconds left. And there's no one in front of them, like four guys going down court, no one in front of them. Every single one of them stops at the three point line. It's like, what do you do? Drive in and dunk it, lay it up. What are you doing? I almost brought this up when you mentioned this three point thing earlier, <laughs> because I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, yeah, it so, was nobody. So, yeah. No, your thoughts. Uh, JBJ. No, I mean, I'm right there with you. Like, I'm not, I'm not high on him. I does, does he kind of fit a little, like he fits that a little bit of that dirt dog persona, the type of guy that you want out there, the one running around diving, making all the great plays, you know, he's going to go, you know, he's going to go full tilt, give you everything he's got. The problem is at the plate, all he's got ain't that good. Yeah. He's, He's a liability offensively, but yeah. yeah. So I don't think any of us are really optimistic about the Red Sox, especially considering where, you know, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, 
the Rays coming, you know, the defending AL champs, and everybody's gotten better. Um, so except, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the Sox. yeah. Well, all of those guys have gotten better, and the Twins <laughs> have gotten better, and you know, I don't know. Um, so we're gonna, we're gonna move on though, because I want to talk about that three point play. So, give me your feelings about that three point play and the proliferation of three point shooting that has happened uh, in the league. It, it, dri- it drives me insane. I don't know why you take that shot so much. Why it's like, it, it is funny. I, I watch. I, so, I mean, I, I even go and it's like, and it, it's like trickled down to even like the kids. Like, so, you know, I, I see like a bunch of kids sitting around playing basketball. Where do they all shoot from? Well, they have to shoot from the three point line. It's like, you're not even anywhere close, right? It's just, develop your shot but like that's the thing like they see all these guys shooting nothing but three pointers so they want to be like they're you know the guys that they're watching and that play like absolutely drives me nuts like there's nobody in front of you you don't you have there's no defense whatsoever why are you all stopping you have the easiest line to the hoop tie the game move on right yeah. they were down so wasn't they were down two weren't they we're down two, two? Like four seconds so, left so why go for the win there Okay. All right. I mean, you could say that, you know, that, that, that gene, you want to win, you want to get it right there. Maybe you don't think your chances are that good in overtime, but like if you're guaranteed that two points and the easiest layup, and I mean, yeah, I guess you could miss a layup, but why take that shot and why all stop there? Why do you all want to be the hero? Why can't you just go in there and tie the game up and move it into overtime and win the game there? Like have confidence in your team to get that done. It drives me nuts. Three point shootings. Ugh. Yeah, uh, and it's Donovan Mitchell that I finally it came to me. Donovan Mitchell nice. of the Jazz, like the the uh, the the duel that he had with Jamal Murray last year, where they were both going for fifty points a game every game in that playoff series. Which you know, I love me some NBA NBA playoffs. Like NBA and NHL playoffs are better than any other sport in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it's that that play, and it's not like. Mitchell, the all-star, took that shot. He passed the ball to some guy. It's because the the stats nerds tell you that the three-point play, shooting a three, is more efficient than going in and driving the the basket, which to me is nuts. Like, oh, I have a wide-open three. Like, there's no one there. I'm driving in, and I am emphatically dunking that ball. You know, send a message like, yeah, we're going to overtime, but guess who's got the momentum as opposed to, well, I hope this guy, you know, hits a three, you know, he, he shoots, you know, 25% from three point range. So you want to take a one in four chance compared to, you know, a layup or a dunk that is probably, you know, 85 to 90%. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Like, it's just, it makes more, I do like that. That There's a lot of attitude that goes along with going in there and slamming that ball down. And I think that that does build momentum. I think, why do they hang so much on these three pointers? And so you're trying to tell me what, so there's some stat guy in the back that's telling you that if we hit this three pointer, it's Betty for us. Sure. It's worth one more point. Yeah. And we win the game as time expires, but you wind up passing it off and missing it because it's a lower percentage shot. When you can drive in, and honestly, like so, I mean, I I I coached youth basketball here, and I I would I would rip my kids a new one if they took that shot when they could have drove in and take the easy points. Yeah, I mean, you're down three, you take that shot. You're down yeah. two, you go take the easy points and tie the game. 
Yeah, it doesn't see. And that's, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, you see it all the time in football. Like do you play for the win or for the tie. Like, you know, if you're, you're down, you know, seven points and you drive down the field and you score, like, do we go for the win or do we go for the tie? Like with the rules now you go for the tie, you know, back in the day. Yeah. If you lose that coin toss and you can't stop the opposing offense, you know, go for the win, you know, cause you're probably going to lose anyways. But nowadays with those, with those, pardon me, with those, with the rules that they have in place where both teams get to possess the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Play for the tie, but basketball, it's, it's weird, you know, and that kind of brings, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, it's almost like guys are more concerned with their own player stat than working as a team. There is, um, and you know, what's fun to watch teamwork. There's a, uh, there was a study that went on a few years ago where, you know, you would see these guys like take these long shots right as the clock was expiring at the end of like, you know, the first and the second and the third quarters, you know, to like maybe hit a three. But if you watch them and it was always the star players, if you watch them, they would always let the ball go just after. So it wouldn't affect their stats. It wouldn't affect their shooting percentage. Like, and it wasn't just one guy. There was, you know, pretty much everybody across the league. Like, oh, well, I, tr- oh, I tried taking the shot, but, oh, man, you know, oh, I didn't make it. You know, so it's like it's the appearance of effort. But, you know, that <laughs> whole thing, you know, the, the individual uh, aspect of this, this sport kind of brings me to my next point. Uh, the All-Star Game. We talked about this a lot. I'm not a big fan of how the All-Star Game is uh, – conducted when it comes to choosing players when you have you know the fans choosing players i'm also not a fan when your team uh needs you to play and you're you have a bit of an injury nothing nothing terrible like i don't know let's just pick a name out of thin air oh jalen brown let's just let's just talk about jalen brown for a moment Mm -hmm. so jalen brown has been battling knee tendonitis and has been in and out of the celtics lineup and when he has been in the lineup he's been severely limited and you also have Jason Tatum, who has not been himself and has admitted that after his bout with COVID, he's still having a hard time, you know, getting his wind. And, you know, it's it seems to be affecting his play. But they're both going to participate in the three-point shooting contest in the All-Star game. They're both playing in the All-Star game. You know, Tatum, because he got named a starter after Durant's been out. Durant got named a starter and he was a reserve, but now Durant isn't playing because he's hurt. Now Jason Tatum is starting. Well, I mean, you got to build your brand. You got to protect your image. You got to play in the all-star game. Jalen Brown. I will give him a bit more of a pass because he has never been an all-star before. This is his first year, but I was listening to uh, the sports hub today and we, you know, sports hub near and dear to our heart. Our first guest we ever had was uh, uh, Joe Murray on, uh, on the show. And, you know, they were making a great point, Felger Felger did, uh, saying this is a guy who, you know, he's listening to him uh, after the game last night, after they beat the Clippers for their third win in a row, which is good, um, even though they didn't have Kawhi. But uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I got to put the team first. I'm. I don't think I'm going to do it. You know, I, I can't do that because the team first, you know, I've been battling this knee injury and it wouldn't be fair because, you know, team first and, you know, that's selfish. So I won't be participating in the slam dunk contest, but 
but I will be doing the three-point contest and playing in the All-Star game. Now, as I said, Jalen has never been an All-Star. This is his first time the All-Star game is in Atlanta. He is from Atlanta. He's 24. He just signed a huge contract. He's going to get a chance to play in front of his family, his friends, you know, the people he grew up with. Like, this is a big deal to him. But if it's such a big deal that you can't play because your knee is bothering you and you can't play in your team's games, I don't think you should be playing in the All-Star game. Yes, the slam dunk contest, smart to bow out of that. Very good call. But what have we seen the last couple of years? Guys that are nursing injuries, especially knee injuries, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker has just now started to look like the Kemba Walker from two years ago. And it has been about a year since he played in that all-star game, went over his minutes restriction because he was already on a minutes restriction because he had a bad knee. And granted, this is a glorified, uh, you know, exhibition where guys run up and down the court and no defense is played. I remember watching, oh my God, Jake DeBrusque is the first guy in the shootout. I remember, well, it's not five on five, so he might have a shot. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching Shaq playing point guard, taking the ball up the court, dribbling between his legs. That's how seriously people take the All-Star game. Yeah. But at the same time, you know who else thought it was just an exp- exhibition and it was all for fun? Apollo Creed. And we all know what Ivan Drogba <laughs> It was just an exhibition. If he dies, now, if he dies. Yes. See, DeBrusque missed, by the way, like that. If you are not healthy enough to play in your normal season, you should not play in the All-Star game. If you do not do your homework, you do not get to go outside and play. No, if you're too sick to go to school, you can't go to the movies with your friends. Right. Bingo. Right? So, Ah, uh, shit. your your thoughts, Craig, on this on this uh, this whole thing. So you make you make a very uh, decent argument about uh, about you know playing in front of his family and friends and in Atlanta and his first All Star game. But um, I mean, so uh, like so the, here's where I'm kind of wrestling back and forth with this. Right, my first thought is like, dude, your knees bothering you? Like, why are you playing in a game? Like, it's just you shouldn't be doing it. Like, rest up get ready for the rest of the season, right? But like you're saying, it's kind of, it's not even a game anymore, right? I mean, and it barely was even back in the day, but they, I feel like they used to, I don't know, maybe I was a kid and I just didn't really understand back then watching the, you know, back in the Jordan age, I felt like they used to play a little bit more. But so now, like you said, they were competitive, you know, Jordan, yeah. Kobe, Bird, like these guys had a disdain for each other. They weren't going to the All-Star going, okay, so – we can both go to this team next year because they have two max slots open. Let's team up and play. These guys are like, no, I hate you. We have real animosity like Pippin, Bird, Jordan, Magic, the Pistons. Yeah. So, I mean, so there's like there's that there's that aspect of it where like, yeah, it isn't really a game. Right. It's like, I mean, and calling it an exhibition is almost even like a stretch. Like these guys just like, they're kind of barely going through the motions. So how much more damage could be done? But like, even if there's, even if there's that little bit, right. Like you've got to, 
you know, you, you, you have an obligation to a team, right? And I'm not going to say to a city because, I mean, these guys are athletes, right? They're professional athletes. They're there. They're, they need their brand. They need to make their money. They need to take care of themselves. But if there's even that slight chance that you hurt your knee farther, that hurts you. That hurts your brand. People, people are going to be like, well, this guy's an idiot because he played and he got himself hurt more when he should have been resting up in a game that means absolutely nothing. Right. And so, it's, not like, it's not like one of those games where it's like whoever wins decides home court for the finals or, you know, like how yeah. baseball used to do it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. Nope. And, like, it, and that's the thing. If you're named to the all-star team, granted, it's in your hometown. It's not like you're not an all-star anymore, right? You're just not right. playing because you're resting an injury, right? You still made the all-star team. They don't, like, take that away from you. Like, you were still named an all-star. Yeah, you get to you keep just, that distinction. Yeah, so you just you're not playing because you're rest, you're nursing this injury. It, it's it's the smart thing to do. So like so that's the smart aspect of it. But then there's that you know that that heart piece where they're like, well, you know, my friends and family and my first All Star game. So I could definitely see where you know being in that situation where you're kind of struggling with it, and you know, hopefully as an athlete we can trust him to make the right decision that his knee is, yeah, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. <laughs> um, I will say, um, I will give Jalen a little bit of a pass when it comes to brand building, because he's not like a Kyrie who just went to like, Oh, I'm going to talk to Durant about going to the nets next year. Like he does a lot for social justice. And if he can gain a little more, you know, uh, not popularity, but like, you know, a, a little more awareness, have people be a little more aware of who he is you know, and what he's trying. Like he was marching in the streets of Boston, you know, this this past year, like during the pandemic. Like this is one of the things he's he's very passionate about social justice. And so from that aspect. I mean, especially in his hometown, like I get it's it's tough. Like you look at both sides. Like, but for a guy like you know Kemba Walker shouldn't have played last year. Uh, Irving shouldn't have played. Anybody, I don't care who it is. Like if you are hurt and your team has the chance to make the playoffs, you know, and that's what he was talking about during that press conference. Like, oh, I can't do the dunk contest. I might get hurt. You know, we got to think about the playoffs. So I'm just going to do the other two aspects of this this uh, this time. You know, if I'm if I'm Jason Tatum, and you know, again, I I, I can't take credit for this because this is what uh, Felger said. And I can take a week off. I don't have to run up and down the court. You know, if I'm having trouble breathing, let me get a week of rest, man. Let me go and just chill. I'll play Fortnite with David Price. <laughs> that's what we'll do like that's what we'll do. That one makes total sense for this to, for me, and, I, and I'm I'm 100 with you on this one. Like, if you're still in that COVID fog, right? You know, we've all heard that COVID fog, right? You know, I don't know. I, I don't know why I did air quotes because it's probably you know <laughs> a real thing because a lot of people say it. But like, you should be resting up, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, go home. You you need that rest, right? You need to let your body recover. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can do some sort of active recovery at home. Like, you don't need to just you know sit there and do absolutely nothing, but you definitely don't need to be out doing all that they got going on. Um, you know, if you're having a hard time getting your win back, like you definitely need it. So he has no excuse. I understand the struggle going on with Brown, but yeah, he has no excuse. He should be sitting this one out. 
and this is the thing with with Tatum right now. Like, you have a chance. You can take a week or so off without compromising. Like, your t- like I get that he wants to keep playing because he is the best player on that team. He's like the future face of this franchise, um, even more so than Jalen Brown is. And you know, if he's not out there, it's detrimental to the team, especially where they're struggling. They've been struggling so much. They lost like eight out of eleven. But they've won three in a row. If they win tomorrow, it's four in a row. They're kind of back into it. They just crept up above 500. But you have this opportunity where you go in like stressful game, stressful game, stressful game, stressful game. I can take a week off and I can just relax and start to feel better, hopefully. I don't know why you wouldn't take it. What do you think? So coming from the perspective of an asthmatic, uh, homeboy needs to take a break. Take the time off because your lungs need to heal. That's pretty much what it is. Your lungs need to heal. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're winded, if you're not able to breathe the way you normally breathe, it's a sign, you know, like sometimes when you're sick or if you feel something coming on and sometimes you have a tr- difficulty breathing, like, oh, my, my lungs feel heavy, my, I feel winded. You know, that's a sign that you need to take a break and you need to rest. So he has this beautiful opportunity to take a week off and not have it go against him, not have it go against his team. And in any way, it's not like, you know, he's, he's turning his back on anybody. Take a break. You would think that as an athlete, you know, especially they would listen to their bodies and say, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what I need to do. Talk to your medical professionals and you, you know, know they have lots of them for the team. Well, and not only that, not only lots of them, but really good ones too. Yeah. You know, take a break and see what that does. You know, don't allow yourself to get out of shape. And I don't know how out of shape you can get in a week, but you know, still Probably do not, you know not that much. I'm assuming that they work out every day. Or just about. You know, uh, most athletes have home gym type setups. You know, like do what you can at home in your time so you don't get cold but rest you know mm-hmm. it, just take some deep breaths you know get yourself some Vicks vapor rub like you know oh. just do what you need to do some snacks and, right i mean soup soup for your family <laughs> don't forget don't forget the ginger ale and saltines oh yes. yeah see and and he's rich he can afford it get someone to rub your back you know like, he can afford like the like the legit saltines as opposed to the you know salt square crackers or, or, or is he getting like super fancy and getting like the club crackers because like, oh you know, like yeah step up some saltines you know is that where he's going only the peasants buy great value i'm getting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so uh do you guys have anything else you want to add for uh for basketball are you good no i think i'm good there all right, so before we before we get into uh, the NFL, because I don't want people to tune out after we listen to NFL, you know, like, oh, I got all the sports news. I don't need this anymore. Craig, uh, please tell us about Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and more, like why you guys formed that and what it is that you guys do, because I'm a huge fan of what you guys do. Well, well, first of all, I want to thank you guys for having me on, giving me the platform to, uh, you know, to kind of help spread the word on Strong-Willed Sports. Um 
Well, it is it is quite a lengthy story, so I'll try to see how short and I can be. You know, I can be fairly long winded. You've seen my live videos. Um, Unlimited recording on this. No. <laughs> yeah, you can you can trim it up later. <laughs> no. Um, so you know, going back three years ago, uh, my youngest son Will was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Um, it was a uh, they call it, it's a Wilms tumor, and uh, so. I mean, you get that news. It was kind of crazy. Uh, I mean, you know, you hear that about your son and I still remember sitting in the hospital that day and they told us the news of what was going on. And I just completely blanked. And I was like, uh, could you tell me that all over again? Like, cause I was trying to listen, but I couldn't, but anyways, I mean, you know, my son, he, he made it all the way through, uh, you know, came out the other side, thank God. And, you know, along the way, um, you know, we kind of adapted, you know, his name is William. We call him Will. And, you know, along the way, as we kind of started through this journey, um, you know, strong willed kind of came to be our thing, kind of our rally cry, you know, for uh, for that fight. And, you know, we always said, I mean, actually, and even during, um, you know, his treatment, we always said, like, you know, when this is when this is over, when we get past this, we're going to do everything we can to give back. Um, and, you know, we didn't even wait until. um until we were through it we actually um we actually did the uh, wei jimmy fund radio telethon uh, which was great and um we actually sold a bunch of we sold a bunch of t-shirts that said tackle you've probably seen it on my maroon one that says tackle childhood cancer um sold a bunch of those we were able to raise three thousand dollars while he was still in treatment uh, donated that to the to them um and then from there, uh, when that was all over, we actually met a bunch of families along the way who, you know, were battling the same cancer. We started a Pan Mass team together to ride the Pan Mass Challenge. Um, so that first year, we raised sixty-seven thousand um, dollars for Dana Farber and the Jimmy Fund, right? And we were feeling really, really good about that. And we had just some great events planned. We were ready to crush that sixty-seven thousand dollar mark. We were gonna like uh, we like we were shooting for a hundred thousand dollars in a year, um, and COVID hit, you know, and everything shut down, and and I understand the attention that you know COVID needs, right? I mean, it's a serious thing, uh, so I wouldn't try to downplay that. But cancer doesn't go away during a pandemic, and um, you know, so that year we went from sixty-seven thousand dollars um to we were only able to raise i think it was 32 during in uh in 2020 so i like our fundraising was cut in half and i know that that was pretty much across the board because i mean people were it was a hard times for a lot of people that people out of work places were shut down uh it was really hard to to do to to make the ask you know to try to do things and you couldn't have events like we had great events planned to raise money and um you know kind of as 2020 was wrapping up I started to come across these, uh, you know, these groups that were, um, you know, I guess, well, you're not supposed to say that word raffle on Facebook, but I guess I can use it here, uh, you know, raffling off sports memorabilia and, and doing it in, in a pretty fun way to the point where I found myself, even when I wasn't playing, like I was kind of watching to see like what was coming out. And, and as I was watching this, I'm going like the gear started turning. Cause I knew that like right now, like, I mean, we're still in a pandemic, we're still fighting through this. So we can't really have these, you know, these huge gatherings that we were planning to have and that we had tried to do, you know, a year ago. 
So I knew it was still going to be an uphill climb, um, you know, to raise this money. And I was like, you know what? I think, I think we can do this. Like, I think we can get this sports memorabilia, you know, and, and I think that could be our way. I think that could be the catalyst to put us over. And that's how we could reach our goal. And that's kind of how it started. And it, it, it's morphed into, it, it took off like way more than I would have expected. Um, the people that have joined the group, uh, yourself being one of them, I appreciate you being in there, um, have done so much like to support the cause, you know? And I, I mean, everything that we do all goes right back out the door. And yeah, our strong focus is on, you know, pediatric cancer, and, um, you know, cancer research and supporting those. But, um, you know, we, I mean, as, as you saw, there was a few weeks ago, there was a member of our group who, who fell, you know, who fell ill. He was in the hospital, needed a little bit of support. Uh, somebody had put together a GoFundMe for him, had nothing to do with cancer. Um, but it, it was a, 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 a member in need. So we were able to throw him some money too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so we started the group like, well, the actual group I created in the beginning of November, I don't think we started running thing, anything until maybe, you know, the middle of the end of November. But since that time, um, we've been able to donate over $22,000 to various pediatric funds and uh, pediatric cancer funds, the Jimmy Fund mostly. Um, and uh, like yeah, you mentioned earlier tonight, you mentioned the game we did, which was, I had a lot of fun with that one. Um yeah. You know, my uh, my wife. Well, we we came across these gift ba- uh, Easter baskets, right? And these kids are out there on the uh, you know in the clinic getting their treatments. And um, I, I thought it was like, what a great idea! Like, let's send them Easter baskets. And you know, I had the members of you know one per person like pledge to send an Easter basket, pay this amount of money, donate this amount of money to pay for one of the Easter baskets, and I'll give away a, a full size authentic autographed. Uh, Helmet, speed flex. I know it had to be a speed flex, didn't it? The speed flex. That thing. I was. I kept. I was sitting there. I was getting. uh, I was getting ready for this, and I was framing my two jerseys behind me there because I had just come home with the uh, with the frames, and I was refreshing my phone over and over and over, waiting for that because I knew you're you're the people in these groups so quickly jump on all these spots, not only because you give away some amazing stuff, but because of the, the, the cause it goes to, like you have to get in and you have to be fast. So I wanted to make sure that I got a spot, uh, like a lot of groups that I'm in. Cause we're, we're in several of the same groups. Yep. A lot of them like, Oh damn it. I didn't win again. Like for this, it's like, I don't, I don't care. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter if I don't win, like this money is going to a good place. And like, that's part of the reason why I wanted you to come on and talk about this because you know, this is important. You know, like you you said, you know, uh, off air a little bit, we were talking about, you know, how cancer has pretty much touched everyone, like talk to someone and cancer has touched their lives in one way, uh, shape or form. And it sucks, you know, and, you know, any like I am not a rich man, you know, but if I can help spread the word and we can drive some more traffic to your group or, you know, we can you know, do it like you guys have, uh, uh, you're looking for sponsors right now. Correct. Yeah. So this is, this will be our third year riding in the pan mass challenge. And for anybody who doesn't know what the pan mass challenge is, it's a, uh, 193 mile bike ride, uh, that starts in Sturbridge and ends in Provincetown. 
So, you know, basically it covers almost all of Massachusetts. Uh, and really the best thing about the Pan Mass Challenge, oh God, there's so much good I could say about the Pan Mass Challenge. But when it comes to fundraising, it is one of the few and one of the very few where 100% of every rider raised dollar goes directly to the cause. Now, granted, there's so many great, um, you know, there's so many great, uh, you know, fundraising, you know, movements out there, but they have this large, uh, you know, overhead where, you know, they have to take a certain percentage and I get that and that makes sense, but there's so much support behind the scenes sponsorship wise of the, you know, of the pan mass challenge because of the movement, because of how just, I mean, they're so well organized and it's just, they're, they're a well-oiled machine. And I felt so bad for them. Um, Billy Starr, the president of the pan mass challenge, he is so passionate about what he, you know, what he's doing. Uh, this, the pan mass challenge has been going on since 1980. And, um, you know, I mean, it started out from almost nothing and has grown to what it is today. One of the largest fundraising events in the country. And one of the very few, like I said, where 100% of your donation goes directly to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, right? Not, not many people can say that because they have this overhead, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, even us, like almost 100% of ours goes, right? But we still have to pay for shipping and you know, and, uh, you know, yeah. all the boxes that everything goes in and, you know, all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, there's a small amount of, you know, that we have to take out of that, like all that kind of stuff for the pan mass challenge is all covered by their sponsors because they're so behind their, their mission. Um, so yeah, so we have a team which is called team Wilms bros, um, which started, you know, right at, so when the moment that will was cleared, so when you go into the, so I guess I'm, sometimes I'm bad at telling my stories, but when you come into the to Dana Farber and you're heading into the Jimmy Fund Clinic, you walk across this bridge and it's the Pan Mass Challenge Bridge, right? There's the bike there. There's usually the check presentation from the year before, and I remember walking across that bridge every day, and I remember saying to myself, "Okay, like I'm gonna ride this, right?" And I, but I, I definitely have to train for it. I mean, it's 193 miles, right? I got to put some effort into this. And I was not in the place to do that when Will was sick. So I made the, the pledge to myself that as soon as he was out of treatment, I was going to put the work in and I was going to ride this and I was going to raise the money and I was going to make it happen. And I remember reaching out to a friend of mine and telling him he, he's huge, you know, cyclist. And he was like, I'm in, let's do it. And then I started talking to these families that we had met along the way. And, uh, you know, who had the same cancer as my son and we had become very close with. And we used to always joke that the three boys were, they were the Wilms bros. You know, all of them had the Wilms tumor. They were the Wilms bros, you know. And it kind of took, that kind of took on a life of its own. So now we are team Wilms bros. And um, so, yeah, so we'll be riding again this year. We have a, a Captain America themed um riding jersey that we'll be rocking on day two day one you have you wear the pan mass challenge jersey but uh we'll be rocking this jersey while we train as soon as we can secure all our sponsors and get it made up um, but we'll also wear it for the entire second day of the ride which is the whole length of the cape um but yeah we're we are in search for some sponsors we have uh two um confirmed 100 percent on board already like got their logos and their donation has already been made, which is all 100% tax, you know, tax deductible because they're Pan Mass, Dana Farber. It's all 501c3 registered. 
um, which is something that I'm working on for strong wills because we have some things that we're trying to, uh, you know, try to focus on the next step. Like while this is still building momentum and we're still kind of on that upward trajectory, um, you know, trying to think of the next step and getting strong will to be a 501c3, um, you know, registered charity. So maybe even the people that are playing in the games, I'm not sure I'd have to figure that out, but could potentially, you know, maybe even write those off as well. But that's that's something we're thinking of. And we're trying to think of, uh, we, we have some ideas that we're going to move on, hopefully, um, in the future. But yeah, I mean, I'm pumped to ride this year. I'm convinced that it's going to happen. We're going to be in a better place this year than we were last year in regards to COVID. And we're going to get on our bikes. We're going to raise a ton of money. I've, I'm already, actually, I've already hit heavy hitter status, which is kind of crazy to think that we had that. So as a team, I think this year we are already, um, there's, is there seven of us now? Six or seven of us on the team. And we are at uh, $29,000 already. Awesome. Yeah. So, but yeah, we're we're looking to we're looking to kick the pan mass challenge's ass this year and, and just just crush it, you know. So we're pumped and you know. If, so if uh, you know if anybody listening, if you if you got a business, if you're looking to sponsor a great team for a great cause, tax deductible, reach out to me. Shoot me a line. <laughs> I, uh, I I I think I can. Uh, there might be someone I can talk to. But, uh, you know, kind of in that vein, you and I talked a little bit off air and, you know, I've been teasing this uh, in, in our Facebook group because, you know, I've done a couple of these uh, these drops recently. But I have a uh, uh, a Bill Belichick signed Patriots helmet coming in. You know, so obviously, we want we want to raffle that off and, and you know, have folks put into that. Um, but I committed to you off air and I'm going to do it on air that, you know, regardless of what we make on this, that uh, the loudest sports show under the umbrella of Throwdown Thursday, we're going to uh, donate at least $250 to yeah. your cause from whatever we make off that. If we don't make 250 it doesn't matter. We'll still get you the $250. <laughs> um, but I, I want to, you know, we again, we talked off air, you know, cancer has been a, a, a big thorn in our sides as well. I know that's a mild way to put it, but, you know, so if folks want to win a great prize and want to help contribute, like I'd love to give more than 250, but 250 is the, is the floor. So the more we get on this, the more I'll be able to give you guys. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do it because this is just a, a phenomenal cause. And it's a great piece of memorabilia that you, you know, anybody who's a Patriots fan or connect collecting memorabilia would love to have, uh, in their collection. Now you and I have uh, an almost identical piece in our collections. Almost. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I have the uh, Rob Ninkovich uh, with the inscription two times Super Bowl champs, black eclipse helmet. And yep. you have the same thing, but I won mine in a drop. How did mm -hmm. you get yours? Oh, that's a good story. And that just, uh, that really speaks to the greatness of uh, of this group, right? And the members of this group, because, you know, and you know, I appreciate the the great comments that people say to us about kind of us, you know, us being the you know the heroes of this. But no, no, to me, it's about the people in this group because I was hoping that we could create this community that kind of came together, did something great together, and 
that's exactly what it's been. And it's all about the people that are in it. And um, so leading up to, to Christmas, and I'll tell you, I got to tell you, this one hurt my soul. Um, if, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think we, we hadn't quite spread big enough yet. So you probably uh, hadn't seen us yet, but I did what was called, you know, boy, here's my clever marketing. I did the TB 12 days of Christmas. Ooh. Ooh, right, right. Uh, and we gave away a, uh, an authentic uh, Tom Brady helmet that was signed by actually him and Gronk. Uh, and wow. it actually had a pretty sick visor on it with both of them and the six Lombardis and all that. It was a great piece. Well, anyways, um, it had, well, this, that piece was the last thing that uh, Bruce, who's another, the, the other, one of the other admins, um, one in the group because he came up, we had a conversation and then that was when he decided to become an admin and he couldn't play anymore. But, um, so he drove up actually, and this was on Christmas Eve, believe it or not. He came up to pick up the helmet and drop off some donations, which another amazing thing that so many people do in this group. Um, they send donations for us to, to move as, as, as raffle pieces to help raise even more money, which is great. Cause then the money's not coming out of my pocket. It's just all 100% for the game, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing. Um, but so we're sitting here talking and I'm watching him and like, he's sitting there and he's doing this. He's like, and he keeps peeking out the window and I'm like, what is going on? Like, I'm like, why is he like, he's acting like real kind of shady. Right. And I didn't, let's, well, anyways, all of a sudden I look out my window and I'm like, I'm like, Hey, that's, one of my buddies out there, like, I know that guy, like, what's he doing here? And, and then he's like, oh, don't look out the window anymore. I'm like, all right, what, what is going on now? Like, this, what is this? Is... So Bruce had got the helmet, you know, back then he was just a member of the group and he had talked to uh, another member of the group, a local football coach um, who also knew a friend of mine who happened to be friends with Ninkovich, who they told Ninkovich what was going on and what we were doing and actually got Rob Ninkovich to drive up here on Christmas Eve and actually hand deliver the helmet uh, like out front. And like, it was actually kind of funny because they were like, everybody has, I mean, obviously we would, we're going to be safe, but everybody has to be wearing masks, especially if we take any pictures, his wife will kill him if anyone's pictured without a mask. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, like, yeah, I mean, who wouldn't, right? I mean, we got to be safe, right? I mean, it's, so uh, it was, it was great though. Like we put our, you know, we put our masks on, we all went outside and there's Rob Ninkovich standing there with this Eclipse Patriots helmet, you know, signed by him, two-time Super Bowl champ, and I was just like, Ninkovic, he's at my house. Like, um, uh, hi. And like, and like, I don't get starstruck very easily. Like, I really don't. But I was like, well, uh, thank you. <laughs> like, I didn't know what to say, bro. Like, I was like, Ninkovic is at my house. Like, it's kind of cool, you know? But yeah, uh, that's awesome. And like, you know, we're going to have links to all of your stuff in the show notes. Uh, you know, obviously we're going to be promoting this as much as we can because uh, we want you guys to do well and continue to do well. Uh, you already do good. We want you to do well as in addition to that. Uh, I really appreciate it, man. We like it, it's taken off in a way that I never imagined. Um, you know, and that, that is, again, it's all about the people, you know what I mean? And honestly, I thought I would be doing a couple of these drops a week. You know, I did not realize I would be working a second full-time job 
mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> not getting paid for it. <laughs> but it's it's going to a great cause. And, you know, I have a lot of fun. Again, like you were saying, even if I'm not in it, like I want to see the stuff that you're dropping. I want to see, you know, what you what you've got going on. And, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's evolved quite a bit from, you know, where we started, um, you know, to what it is now. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, I've kind of switched things up to, you know, try to make sure we're getting the best quality stuff that we can. Um, you know, in the beginning, it was really just trying to get whatever we could to try to get things off the ground because I mean, it's all, I mean, it's all great. It's all good stuff. Um, but it's definitely kind of taken a turn. I mean, you saw tonight, I mean, the, the speed flexes are not easy to come by, no. you know, and um, I mean, uh, like those things are awesome. They're so great. I wish I had one of those really cool chin straps when I was, you know, when I was playing. And I could just, you know, yeah, that was awesome. The ratchet like chin straps. Yeah, that's yeah, so cool. Yeah, I mean, like if you you know look behind me, I have a couple of the uh, the Eclipse. I have the the hydro dipped Derek Brooks like custom. Ooh. Like it's 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 really taken off as far as you know, you know what kind of you know, pieces you can get and like the, the insane amount of customization. But uh, thank you for sharing that. Cause I wanted to make sure we got to that before we segued into our uh, NFL segment. And I know we've been, uh, this is almost uh, an hour 45, but I think this has been a uh, time well spent, you know, so let's, uh, let's wrap it up with a, a little bit of NFL talk and let's, uh, let's discuss some of the, uh, some of the stories, but Ashes, you you came across a story earlier today, and uh, you brought it to my attention. I had actually heard it on the radio earlier in the day about Terry Bradshaw, nineteen eighty three. Do you want me to do it? You or do you have it up? Or no, I I don't have it up. Okay, um, so I'll, I can I can I can tell the story because I think it's. Have you heard this story, Craig? No, I don't think I. I'm not quite sure where you're going with this, but. Terry Bradshaw is Tom Brady. I don't know if you know this, but Terry uh, Bradshaw Brady, is Tom Brady. In 1983, he was having uh, some minor surgery done in his home state of Louisiana, and right. he checked into this small hospital because he was still a huge star. He had, ju- you know, he won the four Super Bowls. Like I believe he was still playing in '83, and he didn't want, you know, a lot of attention brought to the fact that he was Terry Bradshaw in the small hospital in the small town of. Uh, uh, and Louisiana. So he checked in under a pseudonym, Tom Brady. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And while he was there, you know, he went around and he was like, you know, he'd go visit kids and stuff like that, you know, because it was just minor surgery on his throwing arm, which leads me to believe he was still playing. Right. Um, You know, I didn't do a ton of research into this, but that, you know, because that's not the point. It wasn't like, well, what kind of surgery did he have? And who is this? Like, that's not the point. The point is, he checked in under his like, well, I need to come up with a name, but like still have my same initials so I can just like initial the paperwork. Tom Brady. Why not? Why not? So, I mean, so that's actually kind of funny because about just a few weeks ago, uh, we actually gave away a uh, a Bradshaw jersey. Very and nice. I was like, I was like, oh, look, I'm like, it's the original TB12. Like joking. <laughs> it's like just like throwing it around as a joke. Like, yeah, oh, the original TB12. Only to find out a few weeks later that uh, he actually really was he really like, was. Yeah. He was Tom Brady. Yeah, because you know at that at the time I think Brady was what uh, eighty three, so that was thirty eight years ago. So he was five five between four and six. 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that math, some carry the, yeah, whatever. That's why I'm a PE teacher. I don't teach math. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a couple of things. Um, I think we're going to wrap up with Patriots quarterback talk, but before we do that, uh, we got breaking news right before the show started that the giants have released golden Tate. Um, kind of surprised about that. Like, it's not like the Giants have a ton of offensive weapons. Maybe they're really banking on uh, Saquon coming back, being better than he was before. Bad yeah. for injuries for running backs. Yeah. Uh, I had McCaffrey on like three different fantasy teams. That uh, did not work out well for me. Uh, my brother had, uh, my brother Dave had, uh, calls himself the Kardashian dragon long story, but uh, <laughs> uh, he had Saquon Barkley on like two different teams. Um, yeah. Rough, rough time. So yeah, uh, that happened. You know, who knows where he's going to end up. But uh, one thing we do know is that JJ Watt did not go to any of the places I thought he was going. I assumed I picked three teams. I picked uh, uh, Pittsburgh. So he could play with his brothers. Mm-hmm. I picked uh, uh, Green Bay because he's from Wisconsin. And I picked Kansas City. Those are the three teams I picked for him to go to. And he shocked everyone by taking a two-year, $31 million, $23 million guaranteed deal with the Arizona Cardinals. When you heard that, what was your first thought, Craig? I was was surprised by that one. Um, I was... was Almost with you, uh, with your predictions. I had uh, Pittsburgh. I had Green Bay, but I was actually thinking Buffalo. I actually okay. thought, I thought Buffalo would have been a good fit for him, um, but I was kind of shocked. And, and honestly, um, the more I've thought about it, the less I don't think it's that terrible. I mean, they are kind. Of, are they two years away? Maybe not. Mm. But he could potentially. And then here's the other thing. It's not like they're going to be completely relying on him to be that edge rusher, right? They've got Chandler Jones on the other side, right? So you're talking now like going – you're almost going back to – well, no, that's that's pushing. I was going to say back to the Clowney-Watt combination. But, I mean, they've got two real solid edge rushers. And, you know, yeah, Watt has been injured lately. Yeah, he's getting older. Yeah, he's probably going to be more of a spotty player. But he's definitely going to bring – something to that team and i'll tell you i was not high on kyler murray coming into this season Um, i was you know i remember having this conversation with my 13 year old and he was telling me how he was kind of high on kyler i'm like you're nuts like he's not going to be that great he i was pleasantly surprised by the way he played and i think he's on that upward trajectory and then of course he's got hopkins so there's weapons there that definitely helps a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if it's that terrible. Plus, I mean, you get to live in Scottsdale for a couple of years. Yeah, that's, I mean. That's not too bad. I can see an older guy. I mean, he, I say older. He's 32 and I'm about to turn 40. Uh, you know, a guy who, put it this way, has a lot of injuries not wanting to play outside in the cold. You know, your joints are going to ache, your hands, your fingers, you know. I mean, but at the same time, this is a dude who wears an ACL brace on his left arm. So 
yeah. he's just a monster. But here's, I took from it, I was like, I guess he doesn't want to win. But then I thought about it. He's 32. This is a two-year deal. You know what this is? Last chance to grab a bunch of money before he ring chases in two years. Oh, okay. 32 years old, he's going to latch on to some other team. He's going to make, I mean, he was scheduled to make $17 million. He got a raise. Like he was supposed to make 17 and now he's making, you know, 16, you know, give or take. Right. And I don't know. I love JJ Watt. I think he's a, a great philanthropist. I, I was astonished when they got rid of him. Like he was the face of that franchise as much as anyone could be the face of a franchise, you know, from what he did off the field, on the field, like during the hurricane, a couple of years ago, donating like, Two twenty million, whatever the hell it was, the millions of dollars to make sure people could eat and drink, you know, like that was insane. What did uh, what was what was your initial thought slashes? Were you like, oh, that's whatever, or were you like, hmm, I'm intrigued by this? It's like, so that's a thing that's happening, huh? <laughs> like, I mean, that's <laughs> just is it a, a huge NFL. No, but here's the thing. I was surprised to see that he left because some people, you just think that they're going to play for a team for the duration of their career. John Brady. Oh, you know? um, <laughs> oh God, that cut deep. Oh, I'm sorry. Cut so deep. And I thought J.J. Watt was that guy Yeah, I, I for the Texans. Yeah, and he I, again, like you said, like and I, and, and and he's he's leaving, and and then he's to find leaving. out that he's, he's gone, you know, going to the Cardinals. Well, he's playing with DeAndre Hopkins, his buddy. What? They're friends. Like, I believe they have a. I believe they have a, an old Texans coach. I'm uh, I'm drawing a blank, but I believe that they're Brian. I know it's not him. It's definitely not him, but. Uh, um, I want to say that there's a coach there that he's fairly familiar with and had some success with. And oh God, see, this is where I got to take better notes. But um, all right, yeah. But I think that that familiarity could lead to some more success too, and him knowing that that piece is there. I mean, and let's just be honest. That like, first of all, I mean, I kind of like the Texans, or at least I kind of did. I always, they were always kind of like that lovable loser, to be honest. But like. You actually, I, you, you, and you all, I always had this thought that like, okay, well, you know, now they've got Watt, you know, they've got Watson, they've got Hopkins. I was like, you know what? Like it's a solid team. They, they, they could be something. And you all, I always kept waiting for them to do their thing and they never did. You know, and now they're just a mess. That organization is a mess. Like Watson wants out, Hopkins left last year. You lost the face of your franchise. Like, I was just saying, like, that, you know, he was that face. Like, he should have been there. He should have been a Texan his whole career. Yeah. Should have retired as one. But that franchise is so messed up that one of the most solid dudes playing in the NFL right now who, you know, talk, you know talking about his philanthropy and all the things that he does. And you know darn well that if that place wasn't a mess, he probably – I mean, we don't know this for sure because we don't know actually know him. But – I feel like if that place wasn't a mess, he is a Texan for his whole career, but he's realizing that that's, that's a sinking ship. And it's like, all right, if I want to enjoy the last few years of my career, like I got to go somewhere else and do it because they've yeah. got to figure it out. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's one of those things where exactly what you're saying, like had they managed it 
better. But like, you know, O'Brien, you know, he gets rid of Laramie Tunsil. He gets rid of um, Hopkins for nothing. You know, you know, a washed up running back. Yeah, David Johnson was awesome a few years ago, and then he got hurt and has never come close to matching the production that he had. Um, and that's the thing. Like, I, I had drafted him the year he got hurt in my fantasy league. I was like, oh, David no. Johnson be at spot four. Ah, oh, awesome. <laughs> No. I feel like I had him that year too. Actually, now that you say that, I feel like I had him in fantasy that year too. But they're, uh, you know, they they had something. They had a good line. They, had, you know, one of the better quarterbacks. Like I've heard some different trade scenarios where, like, somehow, like they trade him to the Dolphins. You know, I, somehow uh, th- there was like some weird trade scenario where somehow the Patriots ended up with Tua, but. Uh, yeah, it was it, it was weird. How are um, you bailing on Tua already? Uh, that's something I don't really get. Watson, wouldn't you? Yeah, I suppose if you put it that way. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, it wouldn't be like the first time, you know. Like, yes, what was it? Uh, Josh Rosen, that's our guy. <laughs> and Taylor um, so that kind of segues nicely into um, into our our Patriots discussion. Because there was a uh, a thing on ESPN, it was either ESPN or Fox. I, I keep track of who you know commentates for for what. But one of the uh, rumors that had been circulating after Matthew Stafford was traded was that he was willing to go anywhere but New England. And there were a lot of different reasons why you know people were kind of speculating. And out of nowhere, the guy that I would not have expected it, uh, it came. A little bit from Nick Wright and a little bit from Michael Vick. Um, they did. He didn't want to go there because he was tired of dealing with Matt Patricia. He had no interest in dealing with that guy. And I think that's one of the biggest issues that a lot of these Belichick coaching trees, coaching tree guys have is I'm going to run my team the way Belichick runs the team. But it's like, you're not. Belichick like you don't have that that you know cachet you know there's a few guys that have been slightly successful uh who's the kid in Miami um not Adam Gates oh um um Flores yeah Flores, Flores. um Joe Judge to a lesser extent yeah um but you know for every one of those guys there's a Josh McDaniels in Denver there's uh, mm-hmm. Romeo Cornell with the Chiefs, Charlie Weiss, like all these guys, Bill O'Brien, Matt Patricia, all these guys that have gotten the, the opportunity because it, uh, Mangini, all these guys have gotten the opportunity because they're Belichick. Oh, you know, it's so different from the Mike Holmgren coaching tree that was, you know, proliferated around the NFL. You know, he had like, Marty Mornerweg and Steve Mariucci and Mike Martz and all these guys that went on to be successful. Nobody under Belichick has really had that same success. I mean, Flores is, is up and coming, but nobody else has been able to do it. And I think that's kind of soured some of the other players. And we've, we've seen players, you know, we're just talking about JJ Watt could not deal with uh, O'Brien. And he's one of the bigger, biggest reasons that O'Brien was fired. Like, because there was uh, supposedly a confrontation at practice, and it was like, wait a minute, JJ Watt did that? 
Like it's so, it's so weird. But do you think that's going to be an issue going forward uh, for the Patriots to get a quarterback? Like, is there who right now is your of the available guys or potential trades? Because I heard today that uh, Marcus Mariota uh, is not willing to restructure his deal. So that's very unlikely because he's going to end up making $21 million with the cap hit uh, if he goes, if he gets traded. So the Patriots yeah. aren't going to do that. Like they barely play, paid Brady $20 million. Like right. they're not going to pay that to Mariota. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> yeah. Um, who, who would you prefer to see? Like who's your top three targets? Oof. Um, so I really feel like it kind of depends on so much that's out there and what's going on. And, I really want to like as far as um, you know, as far as bringing in, say, you know, this term we everyone is the bridge guy. My biggest thing is I want them to go young. I'm hoping they can get they can work something, whether you know, and it's going to be so uncharacteristic. The chances of it happen in Bill maybe potentially having to trade up to make it happen. I want them to go young. I want them to take a chance on a young quarterback. Um, and. You know, you got to bring in a guy, right? Now, I mean, obviously, Mariota grabbing that much money, you're not bringing that in for a bridge guy. Um, you know, so where does it go from there? You know, honestly, that's super unpopular because I wanted the guy just out the door and gone. I mean, Cam makes a lot of sense as your bridge guy. Like, I hate to say it. Like, he really does. Like, he's been here. He, you, you know, listen, next year is going to be a wash no matter what. Okay. They don't have the weapons. We're not, it doesn't matter. Like you could have the number one pick and, you know, bring in, oh my God, sunshine. Why am I driving? Why am I? Yeah. Sunshine. That's yeah, sunshine. Titans. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Right. Like we, we can bring it Trevor Lawrence. We, you know, we can bring him in and we're still not going to the Super Bowl, right? You could have the, t the number one pick, right? There's not the weapons that are there. So do you draft young, bring in somebody that could potentially be that future? And then you need, you know, then you need a guy. You need a bridge guy. Um, Cam has to be on that list. Uh, I like the idea of Fitzpatrick. And Fitzpatrick. You know, um, and potentially, I don't know. I, I'd have to look into his deal. But can we bring in Tyrod Taylor? Because he seems to just pull along these young quarterbacks to do well. Look at, he was in Cleveland. Now they got Baker Mayfield. He was in LA. Now they got Justin Herbert. Can we bring him in and then maybe we'll get like Mac Jones or something? Or um, uh, who's the kid from, uh, what is it? South Dakota State there. Um, oh God, I can't think of his name. Not now. Fields. Fields is, is the other guy. Not Fields, no. I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name either. Um, Trey. No, Trey. My God, Trey Young, and that's the kid from the Hawks. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of his name now. It's gonna drive me nuts. Lance, Trey Lance. Yeah, I think that's it. Because I Google it for Lawrence, but like it's not. And I was like, did he? Is he trying to say like Trevor Lawrence, but with like a Cajun like twang <laughs> to it? Like, what? Yes, Trey Lance. It is. Sorry, it's Trey Lance. There, see, look, I'm gonna do a little research while we're talking. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I do that all the time. Yeah. yeah. It, how about this? I'm gonna throw a scenario at you. Let's hear it. Let me see. It. Um. So you have a quarterback competent. You you keep the 15 pick and you draft one of those young guys. Yep. And you have a competition because this guy 
he's not going to be on the team next year because they're taking a quarterback at number one. How about Cam Newton battling Gardner Minshew for that spot? Uh, I'm not high on the Minshew mania. I, I mean, I love that. That mustache is pretty sweet. But yeah, um, good mustache. It's a pretty sweet mustache. I mean, it's not as glorious as this beard or you know what you got going on but he's, he's got a solid stash yeah. um i don't know i'm not super high on that but I, I do there's i think a lot of these quarterbacks could come in here and i think they could kind of thrive in this kind of this in this system and could kind of be but still there's no weapons there well, I, I, I look at it as Minshew's not making much. He's I, he's not yeah. making much money, so that's right in Belichick's wheelhouse. A reclamation mm-hmm. project, he's shown a few flashes. Like, they had Matt Flynn at one point. You know, um, I think their number one priority is to get Jimmy G back because apparently San Fran's talking to uh, Carolina about Teddy Bridgewater. And Carolina and Carolina's trying to get Watson and it's a whole like love triangle thing going on with, with these guys. But so I think that's where Bill's just sitting back and kind of letting things happen. Right. Cause that, like it's, it's really like right now, what is there for him to do except at this, at this second, the only thing there is for him to do is one wait for the draft and two resign cam because what else is out there really? You know what I mean? Unless you start getting really aggressive. How is this? It's kind of a chicken and egg thing. Do you start assembling, uh, you know, some semblance of an offense? Do you do you do you get Kyle Rudolph, who Bill is apparently high on and has tried to trade for in the past? I you know, like that. just released by. Uh, I mean, it's it's not official yet, obviously, but was just released by uh, Minnesota, and he's been you know one of the top tight ends, top ten tight end for the past decade or so. Uh, he's a little older, but he's looking for something to prove. Doesn't have uh, doesn't have a ring, you know. Maybe it's a guy that Bill can get in there. I know for the past twenty years, a lot of guys were taking pay cuts, except for Darrell Revis, to come play with Tom Brady. Um, but what about a guy like you know the aforementioned Golden Tate, um, Nelson Aguilar? You know, see if they can snag him from the Raiders. Like that's another uh, another quality player. Like this. A, a a plethora of wide receivers who are going to be available. Does Sammy Watkins fit on this team? You know, because he might be a, a cap casualty with Kansas City. I don't think he's coming back. You know, he's going to be making too much money. The problem is, it's like, okay, who's going to be throwing me the ball? And it's like, well, if you go to the quarterback, who am I throwing the ball to? So, like, you have to you have to start somewhere. And I think it would be easier to bring in a couple of low risk, high reward receivers, Golden Tate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, but not somebody that's going to be looking for 14, 15 million a year, you know, as in, you know, Sammy Watkins. Right. You know, another name that's been kicked around a lot is Alex Smith, because he just was informed of his release, you know, comeback player of the year. Oh, that's right. But Alex Smith was scheduled to make like 20 million this year. And again, they're not going to pay that to a 36 year old quarterback who's never won six Super Bowls, let alone one who was, you know, like they. So that's why I think a realistic, you know, as much as I hate to say it, because I I am not a Patriots fan, but watching those games last year was painful. 
like, well, you know, you, you hear the excuses. Well, I had COVID, you know, and, you know, all those guys on defense didn't play. And, you know, I was trying to learn 20 years of a playbook. All right, Cam, first of all, you were not trying to learn 20 years of the playbook because you're not running the same plays as Tom Brady. No. Um, fun fact, and we found this out uh, last year uh, or last episode, Tom Brady led the league in uh, touchdown passes his first full year as a starter with 28. Hmm. Just to give you an idea of how the league has changed over the past two decades. <laughs> Just a wee bit. Now you throw 28 and it's like, a guy had a terrible yeah. year. <laughs> um, Brady completed more passes. You know, like, again, I, I don't want to compare Brady to, to, to Cam, but let's do it one more time. Um, Cam had eight eight touchdown passes in the regular season. Oh. Brady had ten in the playoffs. Yeah. Yes. I don't know which is longer, the four games of the playoffs or the 16-game regular season. Well, 15 if you take out the COVID game. But he's making all these excuses that are not valid excuses. Like, oh, well, we're getting all our guys back. Oh, Patrick Chung going to help you on offense, is he? You know, Dante Hightower going to help out the offense. Marcus Cannon? Yes. Yes, mm -hmm. he will. He is a solid player. So I, you know, I feel I don't really feel okay. Recently, I've disagreed with a lot of what he said. Right when he went on, I forget what that he was. was he on? A, I think it was Brandon Marshall's podcast. Yes, yeah, where he started making that excuse of you know the, um, you know he got COVID and the playbook went on without him. I'm like, eh, like listen, bro, because I honestly I feel like during the season I think he said all the right things. Right. And I actually, I, that, that was the thing is I really, that's the key. Yeah, I really wanted him to do well because I really liked what the, like the way he was carrying himself. Right. And like, I just kept rooting for the guy cause he was saying and doing all the right things except on the fields where he, we really needed him to do the right thing. Um, but you know, and then there was like that part of me that wants to say, okay. Uh, you know, what did you have to throw to Dalton Keen, Aussie, Aussie, you know, like Jacoby Myers was like one of your best targets. Like, yeah, he had a great season, as great as you can with. But then, then you watch him drop back and pass. Like his his mechanics look weird. Like his throwing motion just looks off. Like it never really looked like he was throwing with his feet set, and like he was just skipping balls to people on the ground. And it's like, is that it your looked COVID? like he was throwing a can of paint? <laughs> yes. Well, good analogy. I haven't heard that one yet. I like that one. I like that one. I will tell you the best analogy, though, just, you know, because you mentioned Kyler Murray. Open up YouTube and just think and watch him run because somebody said Kyler Murray runs like a two year old that just stole a piece of candy. So we <laughs> need to chance. watch that and look Kyler at Kyler Murray. He's candy. And go, yeah. Kyler Murray runs like a toddler that just stole some candy. Like it's the funniest thing. Once you see it, you will never unsee it. But yeah, Did getting back to Cam, yeah, he was a force running the ball. That's great. I mean, if you want Tim Tebow on your team, right. um, eight eight touchdowns. You know, he had that one good game, like that Seattle game. He was awesome. He was so. What did he throw for like three eighty? Like yeah, it was nuts. But like that was a third of his passing yards for the year. Like it was, it was so bad. Um, yeah. Like he, 
you know, it's like, oh, I, I, I didn't know the playbook. Oh, so is that why you couldn't throw more than 10 yards? Like Brady had essentially the same cast last year. Yeah, I know the defense, you know, they, they had the opt outs and whatnot. That's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the same defense that let Fitzmagic drive 80 yards on them to uh, knock them out of the number two spot. I know, I know. <laughs> but you know what kills me is I actually could have gone. Well, actually, I don't know. Maybe I didn't want to be there. I actually could have had tickets. Like someone offered me tickets to go to that that playoff game. Oof. And like this part of me that like wishes that I was there for like Brady's last game. But then there's the other part of me that's like, did I really want to be there to watch them get knocked out of the playoffs? Or well, knocked out the number two seed, you know, because they got yeah. uh, they had uh, the uh, the Titans the next week. And that's another guy from the Bel. Well, he's not really a coaching tree, but you know, he's a Belichick guy. Um, but yeah, like there's not a lot of with all the quarterback options that are out there. It seems like there's nobody that the Patriots really have that they can bring in that would, you know, quote unquote, fit the mold that you know Belichick wants. Like he wants a guy who's going to be really good, but play for no money, and he got half of that last year with cam you know i think fitzpatrick would be a great addition like i love watching that guy play like he's just you know you want to talk about somebody who's fearless dude's 38 and he's still like flying around um mm-hmm. yeah, he, he was playing well at the beginning in miami he was yeah i you mean, know they, I mean? they're just like uh we're bringing into it it's not anything you did but we're bringing mm-hmm. into it except for like these random situations you know and I know Drew Brees is still working out and trying to show that he's in shape. And it's like, Oh, Drew, no, no. Like there was one touchdown pass in that game and you were on the sidelines when that happened, (laughs) but it is weird. Like, I mean, I I guess for Jameis Winston, that works out really well because I mean, that's a guy who's used to throwing touchdown passes to the saints. (laughs) Yes, he is. Um, Well played. Yeah. That's it. And people are like, Oh, what if we get, what if we get Jameis Winston? Like, you want Jameis Winston? Well, yeah, but he was like a number one overall pick. He threw for like 5,000 yards and, and 30 touchdowns. Yeah. And his last pass of that year was a touchdown pass to Atlanta. Like, he threw 30 interceptions. Like, Bill is predicated on taking care of the ball and ball security. That's his, that's his whole deal. I mean, it would be interesting watching him just fling it around and see, you know, what's going to happen. You know, but he would I'm, get no, James, no, thank you. Good. Uh, and that's Besides, the seafood's way too good up here. You know, he's going to steal some crab legs up here. So many crab legs. He'll be still, I mean, sorry, he'll be stealing lobsters up here. <laughs> James, what are you doing? Shut up. My pockets are full of chowder. <laughs> <laughs> don't draw attention to me. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's going to be nuts. It's, uh, We've got a lot. We've got a lot coming up. There's uh, the free agency period starts, I believe, on March 17th. That's when the league year kicks off. So we've got a lot of free agent stuff coming up. We've got the draft coming up, and there's a lot of intrigue. Like, I mean, we know the Jaguars are taking Trevor Lawrence, but who knows what the Jets are doing? They're actively taking calls on Sam Darnold. Like, is that a guy the Patriots would want? Probably not. You know what I think Bill's biggest regret is? Not taking Lamar Jackson at number thirty-two, Ooh. or thirty-one, whatever, whatever it was. No, no, I'm not high. On, I'm not. I'm still like even 
after you know, well, actually, he didn't have that that great of a year this past he year. He won a first like, playoff game. He did. He did. Wow, he won a playoff game. Amazing. I'm not high on those kind of. I'm I'm not high on those style of quarterbacks because after a while, you do you start to slow down. You wind up taking hits that you don't need to take. Granted, he was amazing two years ago, and he was able to push the ball downfield. Um, mm-hmm. But. I mean, they used to do it to Vic, and Vic was one of the best dual threat quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, you, you keep him in the pocket. It's like, okay, fine, beat us in the pocket. And can he do that? And he did fairly well at that, say, two years ago. Yeah, but he didn't a regression. You know what I mean? And his he yeah he regressed like from you know year two he was amazing. Year two to year three he regressed. You know, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens with him. I'm not super high on the mobile quarterback. I prefer the you know, the, the more, I guess, pro style quarterback that, you know, takes care of the ball that pushes the ball downfield, you know, that's a dying art but, though. Think about, think about yeah. who those guys are. They're all 35 and older. Like who's the first, you know, Brady breeze Rogers, like those are the first three you think of. And they have a combined age of like 305. <laughs> true. True. You know, all the, all the, like the up and coming, like, you know, who are the top quarterbacks in the league? Mahomes. He doesn't run as much as the other guys, but he still he can. Watson led the league in passing last year, but still runs an awful lot because you know his offensive line is terrible and he has to. But he has the ability to. Lamar Jackson, obviously. Um, you know, the, Kyler Murray, Tua, like you know, you when you think of these pocket passers, they're all it, uh, Fitzpatrick, Alex Smith, like, and yeah. even those guys run a little bit. They do. I mean, you want somebody who's mobile, right? But I just feel like it's such a risk, right? That's your that that's your go-to guy, right? You know what I mean? Because they're, they're putting themselves out there so much. Yeah, they're going to make some flashy plays. They're going to make some great plays for you. But what happens when that guy goes down because he takes a risk that he didn't need to take? And now yeah. you're bringing in who's, who's there? Yeah. It's perfect. Like Dak to Andy. There it is. The total- yep. I mean, yeah. I think the closest you're going to have to what you're looking for, and but still suited to this game, uh, Derek Carr and Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even Wilson moves a little bit. Wilson but, um, runs a lot more. Yeah, Carr runs less than everybody else, right? Uh, as far as like the the mobile guys, but I think Carr is the closest you're going to get to something like that, and even. I, I don't think he's going off the Raiders. I don't think he's going anywhere unless they get in Watson. But well, I mean, the game is cyclical, and I'm telling you right now, one one of the teams that probably, I mean, obviously, the Patriots were painful to watch. But who I loved watching more uh, than any, my favorite team to watch this past year was the Titans. Oh yeah, Tannehill. I mean, <sighs> he's, he's a guy who, yeah, he's close. I didn't even think about him because I was thinking, you know, when I think of that team, I think more, you know, Derrick Henry. But yeah. Brown Brown's a monster like that guy. And that's where the receivers are going. Like you, when you get start getting these big receivers like AJ Brown and DK Metcalf and guys like that, the big, strong, physical guys, quarterbacks are not going to have to run as much. Yep. But that's know, what I, that's what I love about that. Receiver. Yeah. I mean, like, because what is it now? Right. So the quarterbacks are all mobile, right. The teams are quicker, you know what I mean? So what do you, what, how do you, how do you combat that? Right. How do you, how do you D you know, how do you D that up? Right. Well, you go with a smaller, more athletic linebacker, you know, you, you, you so you, you go smaller and more athletic, right? Well, guess what? 
Then you go to play Tennessee, and they've got just this killer O-line and a man among boys running the ball and Derrick Henry. So you've got to stack the box and try, you know, and then you just go, all right, well, I hit you with a little play action and I got AJ over the top. Like it's old school football. Yeah. I absolutely love it. I love what they're doing down there. Yeah, you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna see guys uh I mean, you're seeing linebackers now, you know, going from, you know, like a first name that popped in my head was Carl Mecklenburg from the uh from the Broncos back in the day. You know, this big six six, two seventy guy. He's not fast, but he's a monster. Now you got guys, you know, like I know we retired a few years ago, Patrick Willis, you know, that dude can run with wide receivers mm-hmm. you know, because he's so fast. He, Luke Keekley. Keekley is a bigger guy, but yep. still, you know, six four, two sixty. You know, that that used to be a massive offensive tackle. Like there are quarterbacks now that are bigger than, you know, offensive linemen back in, you know, back in the day, which is why I always have an issue. Like you can't, you can't compare this. Like, you know, Brady is the same height, but 20 pounds lighter than Lawrence Taylor. Like to give you an idea of the size of players now. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, I'm six four, two sixty, and I'm the best defensive lineman that's ever lived. It's like, well, I'm Dante Culpepper, and I'm 6'6", 270. And, or a guy like Roethlisberger who would just take you off because he's so massive. These quarterbacks are huge. Like, even a guy like, oh, that guy's not that. Oh, what's Russell Wilson like? 5'9", 6'4", 230. What about like, the hefty lefty, Jared Lorenzo? I think this has been a, a pretty productive conversation. And Craig, uh, if you want to come back, you are always welcome. Uh, anytime you have anything you want to talk about, I would I would love to have you uh, come on and talk sports with us again because this was a lot of fun. And uh, you know, I was watching. You know, I got this idea from watching some of your, uh, you know, your your drop videos, and you just have this great personality. You have a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you're you're engaging and interact with a lot of the comments and stuff, and people egg you on. You know, like the power bottom thing from the other day. You know, trying to check the box, um, and then and then you hear Kara in the background like egging people on because she's reading comments and you know everybody's feeding into it. And it's it's a lot of fun. So I was like, all right, this guy's going to be great on the show. Uh, obviously, you're a sports guy because that's what you've been doing. Um, but before we wrap up, uh, where can folks find Strong Willed? Where where can we find you on social media? Where where do you like people following you? So, uh, yeah, so if you just search right now, it's still, I have opened it back up. Uh, We kind of went private for a little while because, you know, I don't know, Facebook's weird with some of those rules. But if you just search strong-willed sports memorabilia and more, um, you'll find us. Um, There is another strong-willed page out there that kind of follows Will's, um, you know, it was was all about Will's journey kind of through cancer. Um, But, yeah, you can can just find us, search strong-willed sports memorabilia and more. Uh, follow us there and kind of check out the mission, see what we're doing. We try to have as much fun as we possibly can um, and try to give away a bunch of great stuff. And knowing that, you know, while I appreciate, you know, anyone else having a side hustle and making money, giving away this great stuff, know that, you know, if you're, if you're coming to us, we're, we're trying to give you great stuff and knowing that, you know, other than some of our costs of shipping and supplies and stuff like that, knowing that all of your, uh, all of your funds that you're spending trying to win yourself an awesome, piece of sports memorabilia is going uh you know is is going to people who need it 
right? Yeah. That's, you know, my favorite part about the group. And I don't mind, you know, when I can get into these drops, I don't mind, uh, you know, contributing to them. So that that cup would have looked really good back there too, by the way. Really would have, really (laughs) would have. Like I I knew where I was going to put it too. It was going to go right behind where my head is right now, where the Esposito jersey is. That's where that Stanley Cup was going to (laughs) go. Yeah, yeah. She's all right. Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah. You know what I did? It's a funny thing. I won a a David Krejci game worn sock from one of the (laughs) groups. It came in today. They're like, oh, yeah, we did a wheel spin and like you won. I was like, wow, I never win wheel spins. I'm so lucky. Comes in today. This thing is eight inches wide. And I measured it because I was thinking about getting a frame for it. It is 30 inches long. (laughs) That's the biggest sock I've ever seen. It's like the sleeve, like the leg sleeve that goes over. So you can't even call it a sock. It's like the leg sleeve that goes like over the skates, over the pants. Oh, my God. Well, you got. She goes, oh, yeah, this is what they wear under their bloomers. I'm like, bloomers? (laughs) You know, the little hockey bloomers. Little hockey pants right above their (laughs) hockey shoes. For the uh, for the hockey purists out there, we are doing our best to bring some awesome hockey stuff on Tuesday nights too. That's kind of our hockey night right now. Um, so Brucey, Brucey is a huge uh, huge hockey fan, and I actually can't wait to tell him the tattoo story. Um, oh, yeah. He's actually he is going to absolutely love that. And it, I it, it, I, picture, I will send you a picture of the of the certificate. Yes, please do. Please do. That is awesome. I need to see this. I'm pumped for that. Um, and, and I feel like uh, I feel like his wife would get along really well uh, with you all as well. She he was talking about her the other day and how diehard she is. The game comes on. She's on like the edge of her seat screaming. Before we wrap up, then I, yeah. I do one more story and you know what story I'm going to tell. So when we first started dating, I, I was not a hockey fan. She got me into hockey and, you know, I really yeah, I really Bless sneeze. You. Bless you. I think one more. No. So great radio. It's gonna, it's gonna it's gonna come right now. Actually, now that he's tried to move on, it's gonna come back. Yeah. Um. No, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> so we, uh, you know, we had been dating for a while, and I knew she was the one. Like the day after I met her, I told people I met the girl I was gonna marry, and you know, my dad yelled at me. He's like, "You are You can't say that. You have no idea." I'm like, "Excuse me." Uh. Didn't you walk up to mom the first time you saw her and tell her she was going to have your children? <laughs> so uh, maybe let's settle down on the hypocrisy here for a moment. So uh, that's literally what happened. He's like, you're going to have my babies. I mean, it, sh- shooters got to shoot. You know what I mean? It worked. But like, you can't get mad at me for doing the same thing. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like he was using that anal- that three-point line analytics, though. Like, yeah. He probably should have taken the layup, you know? But, hey, it worked for him. He shot the shot, and, you know, that's why we're here talking right now. <laughs> so, you know, we had talked about – because she didn't want to get married. She's like, she was the only way I would want to be proposed is at a Bruins playoff game that they won in overtime. Well, about five months after we started dating – I happened to acquire Bruins playoff tickets. This was April. Uh, let me look at the thing. 2010. I, we have the poster from that. We have several of them. And you want to guess who's on the poster from that game? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I wonder if it's Bergeron. It, it is Bergeron. Isn't hmm. that wacky how that works? How did I guess that? Huh? So 
she was like, yeah, if I if I ever get married, you know, it, if I were to my ideal proposal is at a Bruins game that they win in overtime. So I'm looking online at on eBay on at rings. And she's like, I was like, oh, is Tanzanite any good? Because I don't know shit about jewelry. I Whatever. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, I'm looking at at like, you know, engagement rings on eBay. She goes, I do not want some divorcee's cursed Aztec gold wedding ring to be what you use to propose to me that you shouldn't be proposing to me anyways. So don't worry about it. So I ended up getting a ring from my mom, like this purple sapphire looking. I don't know. What is it called? What is it? The little purple one? It's a, it's sapphire. Okay. So it's a sapphire, sapphire, but it's purple. And you know, cause she's got bright pink hair that matches my beard. Okay. And, uh, so I was like, all right, she likes pink and purple. When we met, she had purple hair. I'm like, okay, this works. So we're going to the game, and I had I had already asked her mom for permission. Mm-hmm. So Solid I, move. Solid I, move. I got permission. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a talker, and I was very uh, I was very obnoxious, more so than usual. And she's like, if you don't knock it off, I'm going to leave you in Boston and go to the game myself. <laughs> but I had the ring in my pocket and i kept like putting my hand up like making sure i didn't lose it i'm like wait where is it oh it's still there from like a tenth of a second ago all right you know and i'm like i'm amped up like i'm so nervous so we get to the game we go into the pro shop they have all these nice you know 2010 playoff shirts oh these are really cool you know go in there and we come out and there's these huge posters you know of all the different players and of course bergeron's right on the outside so i hand I hand her, uh, this girl, I was like, hey, could you mind taking a picture of us? The girl's like, yeah, sure. You know, I have this old Blackberry because it's 2010. <laughs> and uh, I think I had the same phone. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the little orange one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I walk over and she's doing her thing. She's vamping and, you know, playing to the crowd because that's what she does. And I'm down on one knee and I had this whole huge elaborate speech planned. Yeah. Uh, once you get down there in the moment and there's like a thousand people kind of staring at you, you forget what you were going to say. Yeah. So like the girls who's holding my phone, it's like, Oh my God. Like, and she's just oblivious. Like, look at me. It's Bergeron, you know? And she looks at me, she goes, what the hell are you doing? And I have this ring box. I'm down <laughs> on my team, like, ready to do my speech. And I'm like, will you marry me? <laughs> and she's just kind of like uh yes i will and then you know i give her the ring and we do the, the kid and everybody's cheering and they got pictures and everything everybody's like losing their minds it was awesome and then about two minutes later she's like i can't do this and i'm like what? What? And she's like, I can't. She takes the ring off. She goes, I told you, I didn't want some like cursed gold ring. And I'm like, but like it was longer than it was like five minutes, but it felt like two hours of her like explaining why she couldn't accept the ring and why she didn't want to, and how I knew nothing about her, and and I never pay attention. I'm like, my mother gave me that ring to give to you, and at the time she thought my mom hated her. Yeah, like. Well, why didn't you just say that and puts the ring back on? (laughs) We call, you know, we call people like, yeah, she said, yes, that whole thing. So we go up and the Bruins are playing the Sabres. And it's tied at the end of regulation. Goes into overtime. 
still tied at the end of overtime. Miroslav Satan takes a pass from Michael Ryder and absolutely buries it. Bruins win in double overtime the night we get engaged. Wow. Making dreams happen. Look at you. Yeah. I was like, ex- I was like, this is exactly how I planned it. Uh-huh. Uh, this is so perfect. Yep. Like I knew. Nailed it. I actually, I have uh, the, the call from that game. I play, uh, I play that audio on some episodes. Nice. I, I have that. So oh, a little Easter. I see if people didn't know that now there's a little Easter egg there. I like that. I, I figured you'd appreciate that story as well. You know, that is pretty awesome. I appreciate you sharing that something up on the jumbotron. It's like, you know, Oh, happy birthday, Kevin. Will you marry me? Buy war bonds. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Buy war bonds. Wait, when did you guys get engaged? Was it like the 40s, the 50s? Yeah, Emmerich was there, we're, you know, <laughs> yeah. doing the whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to end with that story. But uh, yeah, um, we're going to be posting links to Strongwilled. I'm going to continue to uh, support you guys. Hopefully I can win something soon. Uh, I I missed out on the uh, mini helmet. You guys pulled a a Raiders Rich Gannon kind of made me sad. I I really wanted to. uh, (laughs) I was like, oh, come on. But uh, what are you what are you writing? Oh, yes. I almost forgot. Um, I I mentioned this. I'm I'm so glad you reminded me because I would have totally forgot. Uh, we have a special code phrase that I was uh, talking about during my uh, drops earlier today. There's a special code that uh, I haven't decided exactly what I'm going to do, but I think it's going to be good for uh, two free entries into the Belichick uh, helmet for the first three people who tell me the secret code. And the secret code phrase is strong-willed. Oh, okay. Send me a, a DM. You know, on Facebook or on Twitter, you know, you can follow us. We're, we're on every social media platform. Hold just, on, I'm sending it right now. <laughs> just search the loudest. <laughs> <laughs> and you will uh, you will get two free entries. Uh, even if you buy the ma- like, I don't know what we're going to do, but even if you buy the maximum amount, you'll get two free ones for listening and listening to the end and knowing the co- the secret code phrase that I totally forgot to mention. That I'm glad Ash has uh, reminded me. But uh, yeah. Craig, it has been two and a half hours. I, I thank Ooh, you so much wow. for sharing uh, this time with us. And uh, like I know you're very busy, and I know you you know you have a, a lot to do, and you do a lot of really good work. And I'm very happy that you uh, were able to join us tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, this was a lot of fun, and two and a half hours did not feel like two and a half hours. This was a great conversation with you guys i appreciate you having me i appreciate you uh letting me tell our story and kind of spreading the word about strong world sports and um you know I, I appreciate your support and you know i will be uh i will be tuning in and i would love to uh come back and talk with you guys some more sometime so i appreciate you throwing that out there too i would love to come back awesome well i think uh, ashes uh, uh slashes Neil, yeah, you have a. Uh... <laughs> What are you doing? It's it's after eleven. Is it really? How am I still awake? I'm just right now. The lady who lives at my house. Do you have anything else to say? (laughs) Until next week, kids. Try to stay out of the penalty box. All right, and uh, as Emma always says, uh, peace out. We're out of here.